Welcome into your Monday morning of sport. Hope you enjoyed your sporting weekend. Pow, pow, we've got a shootout in the FA Cup semi-final. Get to that in just a moment. My name is Daniel McCarty. Kempi is here. Welcome aboard. You are listening to Daniel and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Lovely sporting weekend in my world, Mr. Kemp. Good to see you back. Hope your trip to uh, be with family and loved ones was a good one. Good to see your beautiful face. Oh, thanks, Dan. Good to see yours too, brother. And chat and deal weekend, no doubt. Um, good week last week, Dan. Really enjoyed it. And uh, especially spending some time with someone that's been on, I guess, our airways for a long time, giving me a few tips. Um, and yeah, I, I actually was still meant to be up north, but unfortunately, uh, my kit wasn't working. I had to make a trip back uh, late last night. Um, but talk about a weekend in sport, man. Just um, this game that's playing at the moment. Still rounding it out with a what looks like a, a shootout, like you said. So go to the penalty spot. Um, lots of really good racing on the weekend. Of course, the rugby yeah. and the league is, honestly, the league is out the gate. Like some of the memes... The Dolphins. Are, the Dolphins, mate. You Seriously. Wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. I, I actually picked them to get that one against the Titans. Um, <laughs> but... You just wouldn't. Be, you just would not believe they were down twenty six points. You know what I mean? Um, twenty six nil after twenty seven minutes, weren't they? they okay, were... it's just it, honestly, it is absolutely crazy. So lots of obviously lots of news come out. The worst kept secret in rugby league: Roger Tuivasa-Shek coming back to the Warriors. I've got a little bit of off, off the back fence about that one, um, but you yeah, know, I just uh, I just enjoyed my little bit of time away because um, we've got such a big week this week. Obviously, the Warriors still to finish out and round out the Anzac test. The, the good thing about Anzac is the importance of it. Like, the Thursday night game, when they they blew the bugle and everyone stood up and mm-hmm. and you just sort of, you know, get all the messages about, you know, guys playing football about what it really means. I, I just find it, this time of year, really touching um, when you're out listening to that in, in all sports, not just rugby league. Everyone is is actually remembering this this week for what it, what it really means. And, uh, yeah... A massive weekend of sport. Nipple. What about the nipple? I think we've got a. I think we've got a clear cut favourite now after the weekend's nipple. Um, with the, um, I think it was the Magic got up. No, the Mystics got up over the Magic by by fifteen odd goals. I think it was. 
Um, Mate, I'm glad you feel confident enough to say there's an outright favourite. I thought there were there were three different leaders this weekend on the ladder. It was quite remarkable over the weekend. Uh, uh, the Mystics are still on top now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, seven wins from their nine games. So too with the, the Tactics. The Pulse were at, um, at top of the pile after their win. Pulse and Tactics got to play twice, Kempi. They've, they've still got to play each other twice. Yeah. I think they're the huge games. But that, there, there, there's so many storylines of the weekend for sure. And the, the, uh, the Premiership netball is certainly right up there. It's, that is as tight as you would like. Yeah. And to top it off, I get in here and I turn the telly on and the jungle's on, mate, which is my old, my old stomping ground. Castleford are up against um, the top of the table, Hull KR, which who would have thought Hull KR would be at the top of the table? Um, what? At the jungle. Oh. At the jungle. Oh. Hull, mate, Hull. I'll tell you a story. Like when I was when I was seventeen, oh. when I was seventeen, I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter and sent it over to. I just picked a team, random team. It was called Doncaster. They'd never won a game. They actually made a show out of it. You check it on YouTube. It's called Another Bloody Sunday. I didn't know this. I just sent them a letter and said, "Look, my name's Tony Kemp. I'm seventeen. Um, I want to come over to England. If you give me a job in a car um, to get around in, okay." Uh, I, uh, sorry, a job and a place to stay, I'll come over and I'll play for you. Mate, they didn't know me from a bar, so I had no So idea. hold on, soldier. Hold on, mate. Hold on. We're going down one of your rabbit holes here, and I absolutely love these. absolutely love a Kent rabbit hole. What was your sales pitch, mate? You had to come up with more, I'm, hi, I'm Tony Kemp, um, give me a job and a car. Mate, I just I told him I'd made every junior side in New Zealand. So I'd yeah, made under-15s twice. So, I kept Don't bury the lead. Yeah, I made under-15s twice. I kept them in New Zealand under-15s, and I made the under-17s twice, and then I made the under-19s three times, and I was still only 17. I was on my third – I was on my second time, but I, the year I got back from Doncaster, I made it another year. Anyway, so I just told them this, and they took a punt. I walked through the air. I walked through the airport, and uh, there's a guy standing there with a sign with my name on it. <laughs> never saw, I'd never been in a diesel car, mate. He had a diesel Sierra which is like a, a Holden Commodore station wagon. And I'm driving up the motorway, and I'm just going, this is a diesel car? Like this? Have to don't... Well, anyway. So but long... you had one of those signs at the airport. Basically, you clocked life at 17. At 17, mate. I had a I had an Uber driver at 17. Why didn't, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? But I was just... The story is talking about the jungle, so I didn't know Doncaster. But the coach that was coaching them was a Castleford man... And uh, after about five weeks, I was, like, killing it, you know what I mean? And, and they were going, right, you know, let's go and watch the Premiership, which is Castleford, which is just down the road from Doncaster. And I remember walking into that ground, the jungle, which is what I'm looking at yeah. on the telly now, and Bobby Lidner's playing for them. You know the great Bobby Lidner? Yeah. So Bobby Lidner, the Queensland loose forward, played for Australia. Ended up playing against Bob, actually, um, in a couple of test matches, and... He's running out, mate, and I've walked in the jungle. You can't get standing space. It's like you're, if it was COVID, everyone had it. That's how close you were, you know what I mean? And you're standing there, and I'm walking a 70-year-old kid, and I'm going, and anyway, at Doncaster, we get like 300 people watching us. It's sold out. You know, there's fifteen to 20,000 people there making, you know, English people, like making it sound like 100,000, and I just went, yeah, this is basically one of those moments where we're like, that's where I want to be. I want to be playing there. And ended up going back there to the jungle. Ended up playing there in front of that bloody mad crowd. And I get in this morning to turn it on, and here it is. They're still there. 
It's Wikipedia. Look at, the, look, look, at the, look at the grandstand, mate. You can't. Fantastic. If you are, you've got Wikipedia you... tells me you scored 26 tries in 30 games for Doncaster. So you've been obviously uh, updating your own twi- uh, Wikipedia page. <laughs> I, wouldn't be- <laughs> no, I wouldn't believe anything that's written on that page. <laughs> apparently, apparently I had a son. Someone wrote I had a son. <laughs> one, of the, right. one of the boys, I, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. This, yeah, right. can, we, can we give away a spot prize to the first person who edits uh, Tony Kemp's Wikipedia? Page oh, yeah. Again, uh, with, with, another with, one. With a believable lie. With a believable <laughs> lie. Uh, brilliant stuff. PRPL, the shootout has started in the AFA uh, Cup semi final between uh, Manchester United and Brighton Hove Albion. It finished nil all. Uh, two sides could have played for two days. Uh, couldn't score on a brothel. Uh, either either of them. They uh, didn't have had very little class in the final third. Uh, both uh, teams have uh, converted both their. Uh, penalty, so it's two all and Brighton uh, stepping up. We'll continue to follow uh, that. Uh, what's coming up on the show? We're going to talk about the hugely anticipated uh, boxing bouts between Javonta Davis and Ryan Garcia that ended with a not a low blow, but a body blow. Yeah, a, a body punch has ended it um, in rather dramatic fashion. Steve Mulehausen will join us from Design Boxing. He'll join the program after at 7 o'clock. Uh, David Alter's also dropping by. Who's he? He's from Sports Illustrated. He follows uh, ice hockey with greater detail. Uh, the NHL playoffs have been nothing short of a scoring binge, like Izzy at a French bakery. Right, Kempe? Uh Before the start of today's action, in 24 completed games, there's been 19 instances where a side has scored four goals or more. Uh, we will chat the NHL, and we're no doubt Kempe will try to draw me into thinking the Toronto Maple Leafs have a chance of winning Lord Stanley's Cup uh, when we talk to David Alter from Sports Illustrated. He is the Leafs reporter. Um, the Leafs won 4-3 in overtime yesterday against the Lightning and lead their series 2-1. But that's uh, you know, just more ways um, to break uh, Leafs fans' hearts, I would have thought. Uh, Brent Matahari and his Otago Nuggets are just flying. Uh, they're the only side unbeaten in our National Basketball League. Uh, after a good win against the Ears on Saturday night by 18 points. Uh, Todd Withers, uh, 32 points, sinking seven three-pointers in that one. We'll catch up with uh, Brent uh, Matahari. Gee, they've had a, a good few years, the Nuggets, for sure. Uh, it's now three-all in the penalty shootout. Hey, in, in Super Rugby, the Chiefs have won eight straight now, Kempe. We, we jokingly discussed this last week, and I want to cross the, go across the panel. I want to go across the panel. They've now won eight games. They've got six games to go, so they're more than halfway. They're on the run home. So I think we can dial up the drama and the expectation a little bit more on them today. Uh, and this is our can't-wait question of the day. When do the Chiefs lose, if at all? All right, Tony Kemp, you can go first. Next up for them is the Crusaders this weekend. Let's start building up to this game. This is a huge game. Super Rugby, uh, at times during the regular season, can be quite underwhelming. I, I think we can say it was a pretty underwhelming weekend, uh, what we've just been through. But this game, we hope, can deliver. So it's in Chiefs country, isn't it, Kempe? Do they win that one, the well, Chiefs? Well, they've, they've been down and won it already once this year where no one goes to yeah, win. Thump so, so thump them. I think if they get this one, and I'm picking them to win it, I think they, they do beat the Crusaders. Like Even the Crusaders on the weekend were pretty scratchy. Um, they don't get beat. I think they go through unbeaten if they win wow. this one. So this they beat weekend. the Crusaders. That's it. They definitely beat the Highlanders. They definitely beat the Highlanders. After hey, I told you the Force would beat the Highlanders. Uh, the Reds. You did. What about the Canes? <laughs> do, you, do you tell me that? Do, do oh, the they've Canes got have the a Canes chance? number. They've got the Canes number. They went down. They got the Canes. See, they went down and beat them too. Okay. What about going to the Canberra and beating the Brumbies in the penultimate? 
if if there's a if there's a pothole, they might step in that one. But I just think by the time they get there, they ain't gonna lose another game, mate. You know what I mean? Okay. They'll be too close to the they'll be too close to getting their hands on that. You know, they've got one grip of it, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and then they finish off with the win against the Force. Surely, jokes by Joe. Do they beat the Crusaders? Yes or no? No. Oh, it finishes this weekend. I just want to remind you, mate. I just want to remind you, your mate's not here no more. You're allowed to say what you want. Six games left in the season. And you're actually from Auckland. You're Westlake boy. Six games left in the season. The Crusaders turn it on all the time. Guaranteed. Dollar 10. It's all over. Neeps. Beat Crusaders. The Chiefs uh, won at home. Yeah, Chiefs beat Crusaders, but then they lose to the Highlanders. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, of course they did. Mate, no, we're coming back sometime this season, and it's going to be against the Chiefs. <laughs> Come on, mate. The, the Highlanders—they'll beat themselves. Yeah, you're not wrong. Right, okay. Can't wait. Question of the day: Do the Chiefs lose, and who too? Maybe they go through unbeaten. You tell. You tell us. Kempe, Kempe's already called it. Malcolm they're going to sweep the week. competition. Yeah, you did. So, Kempe Riggins, they're going to win the final six games. Uh, jokes by Joe Riggins this weekend, they lose to the uh, the Crusaders. And Neeps has uh, clearly been on the piss this morning. He thinks uh, the Highland, <laughs> he thinks the Highlanders uh, next weekend. Uh, 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 you beat the Crusaders this weekend. You can actually start to really think about it, can't you? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, double eight, double three. Uh, make sure uh, you play your part. We'd love to get your thoughts on it. Uh, on the Temper Bedpost text machine. You can also pick up the phone anytime and give us a call on the Kennard's Hire uh, phone line. Our number is 0800 150 811 if you want to highlight something uh, from the sporting weekend. Uh, feel uh, free. The Wellington Phoenix were in full meltdown mode, uh, Kempe. <laughs> they lost 4-0. Yeah. Um, but um, quite remarkably, all the results um, over the weekend went their way as far as the chasing teams. And the craziest game of them all uh, of the weekend um, has to be Perth Glory. I'm not sure if you caught up with this. The closest chasing teams, Newcastle and Western United, both lost. Another side who were in striking distance of the Wellington Phoenix would Port Perth played out one of the most remarkable A-League games ever played uh, against Adelaide. They were losing 3-2, three minutes into added time. Then they scored. And then six minutes into added time, they scored what they thought was the uh, game winner. Adam Taggart scored an absolute ripper, uh, setting off jubilant scenes of celebration. Surely the winning goal, 4-3. Nah, uh, Nestor Irakunda. Uh, a boy who, and I'll say boy because he celebrated his 17th birthday in February, then somehow snuck a, a cross-shot goal into the left-hand corner in the 99th minute. Wow. We had three goals in added time. Three goals in added time. And that means the Wellington Phoenix now only need a draw in their final game uh, this coming weekend against MacArthur uh, to get through to the playoffs. So thank you, Newcastle. Thank you, Western United, for bottling it. Um, and thank you, Perth and Adelaide, for just providing an incredible uh, game of football. Uh, so the Wellington Phoenix do have life. Uh, and I know there were quite a few angry Wellington Phoenix fans on Saturday morning after that capitulation on uh, Friday night. So hopefully, hopefully they can find a way back. Kempi, how would you go on a penalty shootout? We're now into sudden death. Sudden death oh, penalty sudden shootout. It's gone to sudden. It's six each. Yeah. Uh, six from six. I think uh, no keeper has made a save. I haven't kept an eye on every single one of them. But, mate, you talk about squeaky bum time. Oh, 100%. Look at them. They're, they're, the faces say it all. And, and how would I go? Well, I'd be goalie. There wouldn't be six goals go past me. 
No way. They got to hit. They got to hit me with one of them somewhere in six shots. <laughs> you just you just going to take up position on oh, one half just, of the goal. I'll just put my arms out. There's plenty of me yeah. to go around. So yeah. look at the gunshot. Oh, oh there no, you go. he's missed it high, wide, and not particularly handsome. Solly March, the uh, Brighton right winger. Uh, he's been a veteran of that club for a long, long time. That's a bit of a shocker. It has to be said. Mate, they're just, so they're just going to walk it? up and put this one in. to get kids are starting yep. to cry. Yeah, Manchester yep. United look like they're going to go through. So Manchester United up against Man City uh, is uh, the prospect ahead of us. Uh, Brighton, who are one of the best-run sporting uh, clubs in the world in any sport, considering their budget, their recruitment. Um, they find diamonds in the rough everywhere. Um, I'm kind of heartbroken for them. It is Lindelof. Insert joke here. The Manchester United central defender buries it top right-hand corner. Manchester United win 7-6 on penalties after nil all after 120 minutes. And congratulations, Manchester United. You have won the right to get utterly annihilated by Manchester City <laughs> in the FA Cup final. Oh, look at them going off. But if you're, if you're talking FA Cup and you're talking finals, what better to have Manchester, the whole of Manchester go down to win? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? They're jumping on the... I don't think that's ever happened. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Manchester's um, ever had a derby in the FA Cup final. Um, they have now. Congratulations, United did fans. You see, did, you see right. the, did you see the Wrexham celebrations? I did, mate. I must have. What about that, that was story? Fabulous, wasn't it? What about that, that story? That is a cool one. Unbelievable. Is. They pulled. They, they Although, purchased that for two million pounds. Yeah, that club. They did. Uh, off, off the, off the fans. The fans bought the club in 2011 because it was going into administration. Uh, they've had some cowboy owners over the years, so uh, there was a fan group um, that that kept it afloat through till uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, uh took over. Um, and now, what, two and a bit seasons in, they took over it right at the end of um, the season, then made some changes, brought in a new manager, brought in players. It's a cool story, but one thing I must admit that has been kind of left out by some of, um, you know, the narrative-building mm-hmm. media is they, they, they have a huge budget, mate. They have a massive budget. Paul Mullen, who scored the two goals yesterday, should be playing in the championship. He's on, he's on t- five you know, 1000 quid a week. He's on mm. massive money. They're actually going to have to likely cut some cost because now they're in League 2. League 2 have very strict financial rules that they need to adhere to. So it is a cool story, absolutely. But I would have been disappointed if they didn't get promoted this year. Is that right? Because they, yeah, they, 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 they basically bought the premiership. <laughs> yeah, they're like Man City of the National League. Okay, that's a little bit dramatic. They're not, not, not owned by a, a nation state who make journalists go missing. Uh, I, I, will, I, will retract, I will retract that statement. Um, no, that's, uh, sorry, that's Newcastle, isn't it? My humble apologies to, um, to Manchester City fans. It's 21 minutes after 6 o'clock. Our can't wait question of the day. When did the, choose, when did the Chiefs lose, if at all? Is it the Crusaders this weekend? Is it the Canes later? Is it the Brumbies in the penultimate week? Or not at all? Let us know on double eight double three back after this break, nearly 22 minutes after 6. 27 minutes after 6 o'clock, coming up towards news at 6.30 with uh, Karen with Kubota. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Daniel and Kempe through to 9am. Got plenty to get through both home and abroad over the next uh, two and a half hours. Uh, Kempe, did you hear this remarkable story? This is the Darwin Award um, of the weekend for um, you know utter stupidity. Uh, <laughs> 
AI. We know AI is a big thing, right? Yeah. AI. Yeah. It's everywhere, mate. The editor of a German magazine that published an artificial intelligence-generated interview has been sacked. Guess who he chose to do the interview with? He's probably not alive. That's debatable. Michael Schumacher. He decided to do an AI-generated interview with the uh, Formula One great Michael Schumacher. Um, he has apologised um, to the family, but he has been sacked, this uh, gentleman. Schumacher, of course, seven-time world champion, suffered severe head injuries in a skiing accident in December 2013 and has not been seen in public. He used direct quotes from Michael Schumacher, thinking this is quite clever. This was on the back page of the magazine. This was their lead. Michael Schumacher, the first interview, was the uh, the headline. Uh, a couple of the quotes. I I can, with the help of my team, actually stand by myself and even slowly walk a few steps, read the Schumacher quotes, and I'm doing that in air, ta- yeah, you know, yeah. air quotes. You know, My Inverted wife and my children commas. were a blessing to me. <laughs> yeah, and without them, I would have not managed it. Seriously, could you be so dumb? How could sp- someone be so dumb and insensitive? But what about the people that actually has to get past before they put it in the magazine? Well, he's the editor. Obviously, there's no checks and balances for <laughs> an, if a numpty's an editor. If so an he's absolute himself. idiot's running your magazine. <laughs> well, I guess the owner's gone, oh, my God, what have we done? Maybe I should have paid more attention to what's going on. Yeah. You're gone. Absolutely. And that's, um, I, I don't know, have you seen that that uh, Schumacher Netflix docu docu? mini docu-series where the wife no, talks not, about not yet, mate. it's actually real good watch you know um, she's a pretty special person the wife when you when you watch it about like what they did growing up and you know they went through this all together and then that injury happened to Michael and um, she just said you know that's that's my my role as his partner is to look after him and keep him safe um, yeah. so it's a pretty cool pretty cool uh, series to watch um, and you're dead right insensitive like, what are you thinking? Yeah. You're not. You're not. You're not. <laughs> you're not. And you're choosing your own downfall, which is to be sacked as editor of your own magazine. Uh, okay, it is uh, time to head off to the news in just a moment or two. Can't wait. Question of the day. Uh, when do the Chiefs lose in Super Rugby, if at all? Brett's written into you, Kempe. I'll be feral by Saturday night, Uncle. It's okay if we lose as long as we go, as long as we go down being Absolute Being absolute grubs. grubs. That's Uncle. That's <laughs> Uncle Brett down in down in Huntley. That's right. He, uh, mate, he's mana hard. He's mana cheese hard. So I was waiting for that text to come, and he, I knew he'd be listening. He's definitely going to be wound up all week with the Crusaders coming up here. The most winningest coach is heading up here. Our next All Black coach, Scotty Razor, is is back with the Crusaders. Winningness. It's a tricky word. It's a tricky word, isn't it? Winningness. It is. Most winningness. It's a little Most bit. It's a little bit like what was that word that you used on Friday? I don't know. I, what was I, the? I what, used was, a few, what was? Did I? What was the live read word that you were using? Oh yeah, um, um, emulsify <laughs> or something like that. Something like that. Was I, it? I was lying and I was lying in bed on Saturday morning, mate. I couldn't stop laughing. I was giggling because <laughs> I actually had one my headphones up, but I could hear it. I'm going. <laughs> oh, that must be just playing the. Must be just playing as warm up. 
I don't say they played it again. <laughs> no, I was replaying I, it in my head. Right. Oh, you were. Exfoliate. It was exfoliate. Exfoliate. <laughs> oh, always remember to exfoliate, Kempe. It's really important. Um, hit us up on the Temper Bedpost text uh, machine, double eight double three for our can't wait question of the day. Or if you want to explain yourself, which we encourage, 0800 That's the Kennards Hire phone line. Uh, here's Carol with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Twenty-seven minutes away from seven a.m. Daniel and Kimpy for breakfast. Thanks to Kimmy's Warehouse, the Real House of Fragrance. Uh, coming up after seven a.m., we will talk some boxing. That uh, hugely anticipated fight came uh, crashing down thanks to a body blow. We'll uh, talk some boxing after seven a.m. We're also going to uh, stay in North American side. Later that hour, we'll talk about the NHL playoffs. I'm not getting sucked in. This is a stitch-up interview, isn't it? Because it's my last day doing breakfast. Someone wants me to talk up the Maple Leafs. Ain't going to happen. He was hot hot on it yesterday, Joseph. When I I finally got through the text, I was like, man, I didn't know Joe was such a big NHL fan. (laughs) I'm a big Dan fan. I'm I'm not buying it, mate. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not going to go to... I'm going down Hope City, aren't I? I'm going down to Hope City. I don't want to be in Hope City. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, we'll talk our National Basketball League, which has been really exciting over the first few weeks, although we'll be uh, speaking to a side that's um, the only team that's unbeaten. We'll uh, head inside the Otago Nuggets camp a little bit later in the program. Jokes by Joe. Uh, soon to have date number two, I do hope. He's here with the headlines. Yes, day number two on Thursday, boys. Uh, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. In case you missed it, Manchester United are through to the FA Cup Finals and will meet crosstown rival City at Wembley on the 4th of June after beating Brighton 7-6 on penalties. Meanwhile, in Premier League action, Newcastle thrashed Tottenham 6-1 overnight to better their chances of finishing in the uh, top four and uh, to finish the EPL season. Michael Venus has warmed up for the French Open by claiming a 19th career tennis doubles title over the weekend teaming up with Andy Murray's brother Jamie and after an intense build up to their fight Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis seemingly buried the hatchet appearing to exchange phone numbers at the press, uh, post-fight press conference then afterwards Ryan Garcia headed into the locker room and was greeted by Conor McGregor who had these kind words to say to him He's 1-0 on you yeah. These are the two biggest names in the division I want to see it again yeah. I want to yeah. see it again now and I want to see it with no rehabilitation Mate, all the respect in the world to you. You're the future. Thank the future is damn. And I'm, I'm watching it all the way. Those are your sports headlines. Thanks to Bunnings Trade. Trades and builders awesome. power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Right, so those two picked up the peace pipe, did they? The other guy just picked up the pipe. Yes. What? Is this still a thing? At the end of... Was, at it, the, Ewan McGregor. That was, was it Ewan McGregor? He, he's a thing. He's, he's probably more relevant than Conor McGregor <laughs> at the moment, Daniel. Yeah, I know. I know. He did hold a middleweight bout, though, didn't he, Conor McGregor? Yeah. In the UFC. <laughs> they talk it's quite, it's his... kind of a little bit, look at me, look at me, isn't it? I, thought, I thought so. Is that not Conor McGregor's yeah. whole career, though? Look at me, look at me. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, there's a bit of did a motivational go, like, speech. Did he, go destroy, did he go destroy a bus after it? I heard it was a taxi, yeah. actually. No, <laughs> I'm not sure. He would just be looking for some clout somewhere, Daniel. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. 
Uh, we will uh, talk some boxing. Actually, we'll talk that about um, after 7 o'clock here on the program. Yeah, I, I can understand boxers sort of, you know, you know, sharing a peace pipe maybe when they know they're never going to fight again, Kempe? Look, did, did you watch any of the, the, the lead-up to the fight? The, honestly, it was the most feral... It was. Conversation between two fighters I've seen for a while. There was one time, um, one time there. And they're going to fight again. I I would say so because there were so many strict clauses in the in the contract. One of the biggest um, issues that they have is this hydration clause, where Garcia wasn't allowed to go and put his ten pounds back on once he weighed in. He had to stay down there. So they weighed him before the fight to make sure that he was still at the same weight when he went back out in the ring. And as you know, if you watched Izzy and uh, Pereira fight, mate. Pereira looked like he'd put back on 20 kilos when he jumped back in the ring <laughs> against Izzy, which was really scary. And I think if they are going to fight next time, and Garcia will then say, mate, you can fight me, but there ain't no clauses this time. you know. I and like that- my foe outrage. I like my foe outrage in, in boxing. I, I don't want them sharing the peace pipe. Come on. No. I want foe outrage to continue. Mate, you, you know, they, they don't call them, they call them tank for a reason, but the one that got me was when Bernard Hopkins, when they went their final weigh-in, put his hand on his back and Tank this turned around and, and absolutely gave it to him. And I was thinking, like, that's Bernard Hopkins. <laughs> like, be quiet. <laughs> it might be good, but he still slapped me down. <laughs> exactly. Pay the man some respect. Pay the man some respect. <laughs> absolutely. You, can, you look at Bernard Hopkins' face too, and I'm pretty sure he's saying, be quiet, boy. You know, you're going to cop one yeah. in a minute. <laughs> was, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so... I like my faux outrage in boxing. There's other things that annoy me. You know, when um, you know, players at the end of the game run up to a superstar and ask for, for their jersey straight away. Yeah. You know, Can I have your jersey? Can I have your jersey? Did you do that to anyone in your, your time, Kim? I've told the story a few oh, Mal, times. Mal, 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 can I have your jersey, please? I'll treat, can I have your jersey, please, Mal? Did you know about that, Dan? Or did you just pull no. that one out of the clouds? So Mal, I just pulled that out of my behind. So Mal played his last test in Australia. Yeah, yeah, at Brisbane, and I was playing five eight, and uh, he was in the centres. I actually, I pre-game, I had gone. <laughs> you did do. If I was going to get someone's jersey, it would probably be this one because it's his last ever game. Man, I got it. It's in my. It's in one of my boxes somewhere in storage. He gave it to you. He gave me his Malvin last gave jersey. You mate. his last last jersey he played in, in, you in Australia. And you have it buried in a box I in a, a garage. A lo- I have that alongside the very first Newcastle jersey with the number one on the back because that's who I played. I played fullback in the inaugural team, so I've got that one too. I tell you what, if I am ever to do breakfast with you again, Kempe, if, if you invite me back someday... Um, I will come back on the proviso. You wear that jersey. I'll, you I'll have find to wear it. Melbourne I'll find Gangler's it. I'll have to go. Jersey. I'll have to go through a few security. Um, what do you call those things where you put your? What do you call them? They're like now storage containers. <laughs> I never had those in my day. You just throw them in the show them in the wardrobe. So I'll have to go and find which, find out which one it's in. <laughs> Bring I'll it look out. to that. All right. We are now 20 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Kempe's ready to roll, uh, not with Melbourne Inga's uh, kangaroos jersey. Uh, that will happen in the weeks, months ahead, maybe. But he's uh, got some questions for you. It is time for our quiz. 0800-150-811. Call it now, and you have a chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet. Yes, that's right. 0800-150-811. Give us a call for your chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet, and we're going to go to the lines first thing this morning, out of Tolaga Bay. Ed, good morning. Oh, good morning, everybody. Morning, Bay. Morning. Hey, what is Ryan Garcia's fighter name? Loser. 
That is harsh. That is harsh. Them spiding words, Ed. <laughs> you no, got, he did lose, didn't he? He did lose. You're dead right. But that's not his fighting name. Imagine him walking into the ring that, and they go, and here he is, Ryan Garcia, it's, the loser. Yeah. <laughs> Fight like Tony, Tony TKO. <laughs> Tony TKO Kemp. That's What's it. his nickname? What's his fighting name? So Ed's gone after that. That's Who are we right. going to? We're going, going to Lammy and P Naughty. Oh, big morning, guys. Morning, oh, I'm going to go sitting, sitting bull. I don't know. Sitting bull. He is Mexican. Lammy, here's your nickname. Not Walking Indian. out, because you're gone. You're gone too, Lammy. Let's go to Uncle Brett down in Huntley, the mother. Do they get up, who wants a t- Who wants a tip? There's a movie. Same name, movie coming out in the next couple of months, isn't it? Or superhero movie. There you go, Brett. Comic book Did you movie. get that from the cluster? Uh, yeah, I got there, but that sounds like a Google one, and I'm too lazy to Google, so I'll catch up tomorrow. <laughs> is he on the weekend? We're getting through them with this one here. He's pretty quick. On the phone line was Brett there. Uh, there we go, Timmy in Christchurch. He'll get this one. Morning, Tim. How are we doing, Brett? I'm good, mate. Um, good. I don't know, but I think it might be the Flash. Bang. There you go. How many sin binnings did the Highlanders receive against the Force? You would have been watching that. Uh, oh, I didn't actually. Um, can I get a clue? You want to help? Yeah, as many as they have wins this season. Oh, is that about three? Oh, bang. There you go. Let's go. Who do the Mystics take on tonight at Trust Arena? Uh, are they taking on my team? Um, Oh, uh, yeah, the tactic. <laughs> See, your fingers weren't quick enough that time, Timmy. No, they weren't. Let's go. Let's go. Sorry, mate. Let's go to Brenton. Morning, Brenton. Hey, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good, mate. What, yeah, good, who do, mate. Who do the Mystics take on tonight at Trust Arena? Mm, can I have a clue, man? I don't actually know. Oh, um, they're on the north part of the country. <laughs> The north part of the country. Yeah, uh, yeah north. They'll play the Technics, maybe? I don't know. Oh, no. You mean the team based in Christchurch? Yeah, that's a little bit further north than Otago. Um, anyway, let's go to Richard and tell Mutu. Morning, Richie. How are hey, you? Mate. Morning. Yeah, who, not bad. Is who, it um, the Stars? Bang. There we go. Name one of two okay. teams that have not lost a game in the NBA playoff series. And you have to name one of them. Uh, not a big NBA. What? Have a, what a clue? Uh, hint. Yep. Yeah, hint. Uh, hint. Um, one shares a nickname with a Southern basketball team that plays in your National Basketball League. Not a basketball person. I don't know. I'll just go LeBron's team, the Lakers. No, here we go, Leroy. You back up, fella. No. Did you make some money? No. On, did you make some money on the weekend? Uh, Terry Kempy, um I was going for the Tigers and they were almost here, but our new play at the fullback when I lost it. Oh, no. So three minutes out, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, let's try again. I'm sorry, Lee. I'm sorry, Leroy. You waited all that time to win something and then spent it on the Tigers. 
That's that's for gamble upset, responsibly. Daniel, it's called upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Gamble yeah, responsibly, all good you value. people out there. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Let's try and get you paid, mate. Name one of two teams that uh, have not lost a game in the NBA f- playoff series. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, I think. <laughs> there we go. Well, once again, Daniel, we've, d- we've stuck them. We? The, boys have, the boys have absolutely nailed them in the uh, quiz today. We're going to roll that over till tomorrow. So it'll be 100 bucks tomorrow for a TAB um, bonus bet. We'll push that out to that. Uh, and we'll leave those two questions in there so the boys only have to find another three to get us get us out there. So unlucky today, but tune in tomorrow because it gets bigger and better. A hundred bucks. Well, earth-shattering news that, that I've clearly missed ahead of our ANZ Netball Premiership season that the tactics have relocated to the northern part of the country. When did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. I must have missed that. There's some, there's, some, there's some beauties out there. And sometimes people just don't look at the cryptic part of the clue. Yes. It is nearly eight minutes away from 7 a.m. This is Daniel and Kempi for Bricky here on SCNZ back after this break. It's three minutes away from seven o'clock. You can call us anytime on the Kennards High phone line 0800 150 Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. And it was a very big weekend for defending New Zealand champion jockey Mike McNabb, who currently sits atop the national premiership ladder with 124 victories for the season and winning another three on the weekend, all black type two, the champion stakes. Uh, aboard Lock Katrine, followed by the Group 3 Trelawney Stud Championship Stakes on Cheval Dior, and he made it three from three, like I said, a black type when he polished performance aboard Andrew Forsman's trained white noise in the Group 3 Manco Easter, Tavatak running third in that race. And also this time of year, it's when if you're looking to purchase a horse and you've got a, you've got a nice little mare, you look at the stud fees, and the stud fees have been set for a couple of beauties Prosia and Santono Aladdin. <clears throat> How's this then? Prosia stands at $70,000. If you've got a mare that you'd like to take to him, she has to be a black type, of course, so she has to obviously won some group races, and uh, he gets to service 150 mares. So imagine owning him a year, 150 mares at $70,000, $10.5 million. That stud at Ritual will be uh, getting just from that one stallion, uh, Prasia, and of course, Santino Aladdin. You can also send your mares to that uh, great horse who's enjoyed a breakout season in both New Zealand um, and the two year old premierships of the, the beautiful, beautifully um, bred Deep Impact has side the unbeaten two year old to- Tokyo Tycoon. If, you, if you've watched that horse run, one of the best we've got in this, uh, in this country, and of course, Penny Wicker that went over. Uh, and won its last group one over there in Australia at uh, a nice, um, I, I guess, knockoff, would you call that um, price, which is nowhere near 75, uh, 70 grand. It's only 45,000. <laughs> so, you lost, oh, sorry, Kempi, you lost me 10.5 million bucks. Like, seriously, I hope they go down and sing songs to that horse every night and pay homage to it and bow down to it. <laughs> tell her how amazing it is and how much we love you. What like, you're the greatest thing we've ever met in my life. Thank what a you job. very much. What a job. Ten and a half yeah, million. No. And you pay ten and a half million dollars for it. So grab your mates yeah. and go on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. Great stuff, Kempe. It is time to head off to the news with Karen.
We'll fork about it together. We are shaping and building New Zealand. Join us after 7 o'clock. We will talk that uh, big uh, boxing bout from yesterday in Las Vegas. Fight game coming up after news with Karen, which is uh, happening right now. It's just gone 7 a.m. Four and a half minutes after 7 a.m. Daniel and Kempe for breakfast. Hope you're enjoying your Monday morning. We've got uh, a full... Buffet of sport coming away through to 9am when we depart. I'm going to update the Chevron Championship. Uh, the uh, last round of the women's major. Gee, it's tight. you got two. That's Yin and Corpus on minus nine. Then one, two, three, four, five players at minus eight. Uh, it's very early. Very early into the final round, of course. But that's, <laughs> that is set up for a grandstand finish at the Chevron Championship. Uh, a chasing pack of five, just one uh, one shot behind uh, a two-way lead at the top. That is what you want at a major golf championship. Of course, no Lydia Ko. She failed to make the cut. Um, happy birthday, Lydia Ko. It's her birthday today. Uh, I'm sure she had um, you know grand designs heading into this week of, hey, I, I might win an, another major on my birthday. It wasn't to be. Hey, Kempi, before we welcome in our uh, first guest of the day, I'd like to know, did you have any pre-match routines? Were, were you big... Like whether it's go down for breakfast or go for a walk or, you know, listen to a certain bit of music before a big game. Did you have any routines? Like, I don't know, go to the pokies <laughs> and uh, throw some monies, money in like Sergei Pavlovich did. Um, apparently and then, go out, and knock, and then uh, go out and knock out, you know, your, your opponent in the first round because you played some pokies. That is one of the, that's one of the best I've, I've seen and heard. You just go and have a bit of, bit of, bit of spend a bit of time on pokies. I did go to when I again. This is a Doncaster. Get story. my losing out of the way. Get my losing out of the way, as uh, Neepset told me off here. Get your ma- losing out of the way, and then go into the octagon. You can imagine at seventeen going to Doncaster and their their pregame ritual was a couple of pints of Guinness before the game. That's where. Oh really? <laughs> that's what I learned. <laughs> and I'm sitting I can't there, think of anything worse, Kimpy. I'm sitting there going, mate, we got a game, and they're just going, just come and have a pint, mate. You'll be fine. Brilliant stuff. Uh, it was a bit of a meh weekend in Super Rugby. One of those meh weekends. Only four games. You only need four games, not a full round. Uh, Friday night was the Chiefs uh, making it uh, eight wins in a row. Our can't wait question of the day, and we whipped around the panel. I know our, our producers are, are working feverishly on something. Um, we, had, we had a divergence of opinions. Our question was, when do the Chiefs lose? Or uh, they don't lose at all. So when do the Chiefs lose? Or if, if at all. Kim Pete, you're, you caught it last week. They're sweeping the table. They're sweeping the legs. They're putting everyone in body bags. They're going through unbeaten. Uh, jokes by Joe. I'll get him to hurriedly uh, get back to uh, his microphone um, because he, he certainly wasn't in that camp. He wasn't in that camp. Neeps, though. Neeps had probably the call uh, of the year. Call of the year. So, Joe, you, you you guaranteed a victory for the Crusaders this weekend, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. 100% guaranteed. That's right, yeah. That's it. Get off. Get off. He's just put the hoodoo on them. They, uh, I, I, I reckon, Dan, I reckon if the uh, Chiefs get the Crusaders this weekend, mate, they're going to be very hard to stop in those in those last remaining five games. Um, I can't see the Highlanders winning. You're dead right about going over, going over to Canberra. That might be the only place that, that trips them up. But the, the, the thing with them is they've been away and they've won those games at Crusaders and Hurricanes um, Town. You know, now yep. they're at hometown. They're up there at the Munna where the grubs live. Hey, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our can't wait question in the day. Yeah, Neeps reckons it's the Highlanders, uh, not this weekend, the following weekend, uh, where the Chiefs will chip a, a trip up. So where, where do the Chiefs lose, or if at all? 
if you're with uh, Kempe and they're going perfect, let us know on double eight double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Um, for the uninitiated, they're playing the Crusaders, then away to the Highlanders, then at home to the Reds and Canes before going to Canberra to take on the Brumbies and then take on um, the Highlander Killers, the Force, um, to round out the regular season. We talk a hugely anticipated uh, fight yesterday. Las Vegas T-Mobile Arena was packed with boxing royalty. Wasn't it, Kempe, to watch the most anticipated bout of the year? Javonta Davis and Ryan Garcia had all the makings of a classic. Uh, Garcia showed his speed early on, but Tank Davis reminded the world of his power. He's dropped a number of opponents over the years, and he dropped another. Garcia twice the second time. Uh, he was not recovering from a wicked body blow. There was uh, no getting up for Garcia giving Davis the all-important bragging rights as he maintained his undefeated streak. What does the future hold in store for these two fighters? We thought we'd catch up with our pal Steve Malhusen uh, from DAZN, a boxing to take uh, on the fight and get his take on the fight and whether the potential rematch could be on the cards. Steve, thanks so much for dropping by. Hope, we, hope you're doing well. I'm doing. Besides this cold, guys, in Chicago here, things are well. I'm always glad to be on, so thank you guys so much. Hey, hey Steve, I'm going to go straight to the to the, the question that I've got. Um, when Garcia came out, uh, he he was not at that extra 10 pounds that we were expecting because he'd signed that uh, hydration clause in his contract. Did that affect him in your mind? You know, I never want to make – you never. the one thing with fighting is you never want to make excuses for a fighter. You agree to the terms. You have to live by those terms. I do agree. I think that rehydration clause had a bit of an effect on Ryan. Is if you look, that body shot to the liver, yeah, you, you get hit to the liver, it's going to take a second to go through your body, and then you're like, uh, uh, uh. But if there was no rehydration clause – I think that fight does continue because I think Ryan's able to absorb it. He's able to, if he's going to have to take a knee, take a knee. He was starting to gain control of the fight. Those, the last two rounds of that fight, he was implementing the game plan. He was being the bully. He was bullying the bully, but you have to give credit to Tank Davis for that body shot. But the rehydration clause definitely did play a factor in the fight. I've been looking at that shot. I've been looking at that shot that stopped him. Where he's he's coming nice and short. It actually looks like um, Steve that he's hit hit him and he's hit him above the um, the kidneys and the livers. And but he's he must have had so much power in that that left hook. That um, do you think it was maybe the damage was done a little bit earlier than in that seventh round? Seventh round. <sighs> You know, Tank really wasn't going to the body much. That was like the thing. Like he would go there, he'd go there with one or two shots around. He would try to get there from more often than not. It was getting blocked. It's body shots. Is it's one of those to where all it takes is one perfect one. Could some of the shots he took in earlier stages had their effect? Sure, I mean, absolutely. Did it? I don't know. But that shot was, like you said, the shot was so perfect. He couldn't have asked for a better body shot. And that's a testament to Javante Davis and his team for seeing, hey, they saw something in Ryan's game to where if we can get in, there is an opening. And credit to them. They saw the opening. Tank went right at that spot. I thought he was getting up just the way Ryan was going. I didn't even think he was going to take a knee. When he took that knee, I'm like, I think that's going to be a wrap. Just the way, because the tank came at him. 
he was trying just to back up, trying to gain some time. And he's like, crap, he's coming at me. I better at least take a knee here. And then the pain was just too much. And that's not, a t- that's not saying Ryan Garcia quit. He didn't quit. Take one of those body shots from Tank Davis. Let's see how many people are getting up. And I don't think there are many, especially under the conditions of how this fight came about and how this fight happened. A rehydration clause, a fully healthy Ryan Garcia, I think it's up. But the circumstances, what they were, and you have to give credit to Tink. I take your point about um, he had been around sixes and sevens before the actual shot that uh, you know ended the fight. But what did Tank do? Probably from round two onwards, that saw him take. I won't say control of the fight. There's probably only a round in it. But what did Tank Davis did early in the fight to, to put Garcia maybe off his game? He just started a little quicker, and I think he realized after round one. Garcia was applying the pressure in round two, and you could see Tank even getting frustrated in round one, like, hey, I wasn't expecting this this quickly. The jab was getting on point. Ryan was hitting him with some good shots in round two, and Ryan just got reckless in round two. He saw an opening that probably wasn't there yet, but would have been there if he would have just stayed patient for another two or three rounds. That o- I think the opening would have been there. He got a little... Got a little overexcited. Tank made him pay for it with that knockdown. I had the fight. I had Tank ahead by a by a point. Mm. I had a 10-8 second. A lot of people I saw the judging. Judging was a little. I have to question the judging a little bit. I think one judge had the second round a 10-10 with the knockdown. And all the two other judges had a 10-9. I'm like, Ryan was winning the round. But Tank still scored that knockdown. Ryan came back and had a good remainder of the round, but I didn't think that was enough to win the round. I had it at 10-8. I had it 57-56 Tank until the stoppage because Ryan was really – Ryan was coming on. Mm. The fifth round, Ryan was in control. The sixth round, Ryan was in control. And even in the seventh, Ryan was – had some more momentum going into that round. They are like, okay, maybe eight rounds, eight or nine – we're gonna get, we're gonna get a stoppage. Well, it lived and up. We, he, he didn't get it, but the momentum was there. But that's that just shows how good Tank is. Yeah, it lived up it really to does. everyone's expectation, didn't it? You know, like you've yep. got you've got Garcia saying that he's going to take it forward, and you've got Davis saying, "Well, come and come and get it." What do you make of the tactics, Stephen? You know, like. Garcia being the taller man and Davis getting underneath those shots and, and stopping him the way that he did, would you, make, would you make any changes if they fought again? I would be more consistent with the jab. The jab was working in round one. The jab was working in the beginning of round two. I would just – then Ryan went away from that. Once he got knocked down, Ryan took a couple rounds, and he seemed tentative because he wasn't letting go with that right hand. Joe Goosen kept telling him, use the right hand, use the right hand, use the right hand. Wasn't doing it. If you had just been more reliant on the jab, the jab's going to set everything up. He can go in and land that that check left hook. He can go and land that right hand with more frequency, land the right hand, then you land the left hook. And I think that would have dropped Tank. Because he had Tank on the ropes once he started throwing the right hand. The left was there and he was landing with the left with more frequency. I would just be more reliant on the jab because the jab would have set everything up. He did it in round one. Part around to once he got knocked down, he really went away from that game plan, and I think that really did cost him. Steve, let's talk the future. Starting off with the vanquished, um, Ryan Garcia. What's next from? Uh, one thing I'll say: it's probably he shouldn't be a lightweight, right? 
he, he should be. Oh, he'll be saying, he'll be back at he'll be back at one forty. This was a special circumstance for a special fight, and then like you said, sold out T-Mobile Arena, over twenty thousand people, twenty plus million dollar gate. I know from on the zone side, numbers were tremendous. That was just early buys and just through part of the night. So our for us, the, the expectations for DAZN in terms of pay-per-view sales were through the roof, and we were very ecstatic. As of as of right before the fight, now everything was looking great. So pay-per-view numbers, early number indications looking pretty well. This is gonna be it's a money bonanza for everybody here. There's a ton. There was a ton of money made. Both guys made a ton of money. Showtime made money. The zone made money. The zone nope. made everyone. And most importantly, <laughs> the fans got to see one heck of a fight. And I'm sorry, my kids were playing their organ. They they obviously made plenty too. The kids <laughs> on the back of <laughs> on the ba- on the back dun, of the fight. <laughs> they working on that. They're, they're working on that. Hey, um, hey, Steve, what, so what's next up for both of these fighters? You know, it's stacked in that division with David Heaney, Limonchenko, the Cambosis Jr. Um, or do we see a rematch like Ryan Garcia coming out and, and rewriting the clauses saying, no no hydration clause, let's get back in the ring straight away? The, rehide, the rematch clause was only if Tank lost. So I would – do I think they meet again? I see them running it back. Not next. Yeah, they got paid. Everyone got paid. I Everyone say, wants them to fight again. I would say within – if Ryan can get string two, three knockouts in a row coming up here, he's going to go up to 140. He's already made that clear. I've talked to his team. This was just a, one, one of those circumstances you don't – you don't pass, situations you don't pass up. Ryan's going to go fight at 140. I think if Ryan gets a couple knockouts, looks impressive, gets a couple more fights with Joe Goosen – does what he what the world knows he can do. I think within 18 months we see this get 18 to 24 months. I think we mm. see these two run it back because if we you look at commercially, this is the biggest fight for each guy. They'll be broke. They'll, really be broken. they'll be broken 24 and months. They want to jump back in. The, they'll jump back in. You reckon? <laughs> there's no and this is no offense to Vasily Lomachenko and Devin Haney fight. That fight's going to be awesome, but they both can't. They couldn't sell me a, a new car. <laughs> and that's no offense to neither guy. They are not good at self-promotion. They're not. No, no. one's paying. No one's paying hundreds and thousands and thousands of dollars to watch these guys fight. It's just not as great as they are. Pound for pound greats. Who's paying thousands of dollars to watch them fight? They're not. That and that's just that's not with disrespect. That's just telling it how it is. Greatest fighters are there? Yeah. Maybe we see Devin Haney and Tank Davis. I would highly doubt that. I really just do. I, there's nothing there, I don't think, with Devin Haney. I don't think there's nothing there with Lomachenko. A fight I'd like to see Tank take would be Shakur Stevenson. That would be a fight. I think that would, And they've been chirping at each other more recently. So I would – if Tank's going to – that's the only other fight to me for Tank that really makes a lot of sense. There's nothing in that PBC universe that is going to get anyone excited. No, it's just it's just not. So if you're looking, Shakur Stevenson, maybe Devin Haney, the winner of Haney Lomachenko, I would be surprised. I just don't think that does anything for Tank. I really, even though Devin's gotten more. 
chatty. He's been more of a chatty Kathy. He's been more trying to willing to sell. It's just people aren't buying in on him just yet. As great as he is, it's just not there. And I think with Ryan at 140, go find anybody. You got Regis Progray. You got Jose Ramirez. You got fights at 47. He's even talked about going to 147 in the next year or two. So there's more big fights for Ryan Garcia right now than there is Tank Davis. But at the end of the day, commercially, they're the biggest names for each other. Nothing's going to hold a candle to when those two step in the ring because the world was talking. I'm on a show in New Zealand talking about a fight that happened in Las Vegas. Mm. That, that just shows how big and how worldwide this fight transcended. And the, all the stars were there. Tyson, Pacquiao, Sugar Ray Leonard, Conor McGregor. You name the big-time athletes. They were all there. So that's what this, the magnitude of this event was. And a great job by Showtime with the promotion. The same with the zone. Great promotion by us. Everyone was in sync. The marketing machine was fully rolling. And both guys sell, sold their butts off in terms of doing everything they can. So many, many eyeballs were watching this fight. And, and the fight delivered in the rings. It was a really, it was a really good fight. It ended in a stoppage. Not the way us at the zone would have, would have liked it, of course. But... It was one heck of a fight and one I hope we see again in the future. Well, Steve, thanks a lot for joining us this morning and giving us an insight into how it all um, panned out over there. We'll talk to you again soon, brother, and uh, you go well. We'll be back straight after this. All right, guys, you too. Talk soon. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, the worst kept secret in rugby league finally broke last week. Roger Tuivasa-Shek is re-signing for the Warriors. I actually reached out to a very close contact when I first heard that Roger was a target on the 14th of December 2022, only to be told, nah, they were just rumours. Well, that wild rumour has now been confirmed. We now know that RTS has in fact been in talk since December. And it all but confirms to me one thing. Sports stories. Why is it impossible to get the people in the know to talk about signings? And even more disappointing, to have a player not come out and talk to the media when the news breaks. Yes, the most disappointing part of any breaking sports news is that no one ever seems to get to talk to the player. Why? It's a game of rugby, for heaven's sake. It's not some life or death discussion or a matter of national security. It's a bunch of questions about rugby or league from the stakeholders. Yes, that's right. People who buy the tickets and merchandise and subscribe to the broadcast. Let's give them a little respect. All in all, it's great news though. Roger deserves an NRL premiership and we are lucky he's come home to us. Hashtag it's our year. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well said, Kempe. We were tongue-in-cheek on Friday where we, we did our own sort of ad hoc press conference. Uh, I think I raised it first, like, just come out and talk. Like, seriously, it's... There's no scandal in this story. This is a good news story. You it know? is. Uh, it's a good news story. I had plenty You've of time to think about proverbial. it. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm plenty of thinking about it on the weekend and just thinking, why the cloak and dagger? Like, you know, from a player's perspective, okay, this is, this is my first point. From a player's perspective, I would have loved to talk about it in December if I was Roger Tuivasa-Shek because it probably would have got a heap of clubs interested and pumped my value up. Mm. You know what I mean? So I, I just I don't see why I'll, we're going to we're going to name him 
But sorry, guys, we're not going to talk to him because he's got he's still got to play rugby for the Blues. Like, yeah, hey, what? So who? What, like, are we hurting someone's feelings by asking for? Like an talking over the last talking over the last few days, I think he should have. Um, I think there's value, uh, as you've just pointed to, to actually talking back in December. The, the player himself. No? Oh, I, I know that. <laughs> For marketability. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah, course it is. It works. Of yeah. course. Uh, anyway. Hey, um, he plays at centre, according to you, last week. How about this? Um, how, how many games not at wing and fullback as Roger Tuivasa-Shek played in his NRL career? Not at wing and fullback. He's only, I think he may have played one or two at 5'8". He played one at 5'8". Mm. Mate, nothing is by Kempe. Um, the, the Warriors' current fullback um, is Chance. an international centre. Yeah. He's, he's played six tests at centre. Yeah. And and um, Sebastian Chris, the guy that played centre for Canberra last year that was in the Kiwis team and went around the World Cup, didn't get a start. And he kept Chance out of the side at Canberra. Like, it's, it was... Was all back the front um, when you're looking at that there, but but I've got a funny. You know where I'm going got, with this? I know. I, it's, he's not going to go to centre. No, no, he's not going to go. Something is going to have to be drastically. Well, and and I believe that's the right move too. I think Rogers a better centre. You know, one of the you know one of the sad things about it, and you know, um, with Manu Vatuve, one of the saddest things about Manu Vatuve's career is that we never moved them in one spot to the centres. So we just relied on him scoring 10 tries a year out there on the wing for the Warriors. 10 years, 10 tries every year. You know, what coaches should have done as they went through them, because he went through quite a few of them, was they should have developed him into a world-class centre. And I think what they'll do with Roger when he comes back, he's 30, he's, you know, in his 30s, he's he's knows what to do. He's played in the front line with rugby. I actually think he comes back and he makes a centre a success. Excellent stuff, Kempe. Appreciate it. South the back fence with Tony Kemp. It is 29 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Here's Karen with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Karen. 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock. This is Daniel Nkempe for breakfast. Is he still in uh, France? Uh, fret not, I'm departing after 9 o'clock. I won't be back for the remainder of the week. Kempe will, though. Kempe's got a big day tomorrow. Big day tomorrow. We've got uh, live coverage here on SCNZ from 8.30 of the Anzac Day game between the One New Zealand Warriors and the Melbourne Storm from Melbourne. I can't wait question on, of the day. We put to you a little bit earlier. If you're just tuning into the show, I'll um, tell you now, shall I? A bit late than never. Where have you been? Double eight, double three on the timber bedpost text machine. Our question of the day: The Chiefs are now eight and zero in Super Rugby. They've won eight. They've only got six games to go in the regular season. That is perfect, perfecto. They're chasing a perfect season. And unlike baseball, where you're not supposed to talk about it, we darn are. We're talking about it. So we want to know. We want to know. Do the Chiefs lose? Nah. If at all, Kempe's already got his answer in there. Nah, mate. No chance. Uh, jokes by Joe uh, went with next weekend. This coming weekend against the Crusaders. Absolutely, yeah. It's going to be a great weekend for me. The Crusaders <laughs> are going to lose, and I'm going to uh, go on my second date. How good. Are they going to lose? Crusaders are going to lose. Oh, sorry. Crusaders are going to win. <laughs> sorry. I... No, uh, uh, jokes uh, with uh, Joe. Uh, uh, 
So I, I, I'm yeah. so I, usually because I, I love fighting with Louis, and usually I like to say the Crusaders, Crusaders are going to lose, but I, I think it's guaranteed a dollar ten they're going to beat the Chiefs. How good! Brilliant. It's one of the great joys in life is fighting with Louis Herman Watt. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got many years' experience of that. I've got many years' experience of that. It is, it is wonderful. Well, Neitz was clearly uh, shaken as a baby a lot. Uh, he went uh, with the Highlanders. Um, <laughs> not this weekend, the following week. Come on, Landers. Come on. Uh, we we, we want to know from you uh, when the Chiefs will lose, if at all. Uh, one here writes on the Timber Bed Post Text Machine uh, The Crusaders will win it, guys. They get in the top four and they win it. That's what they do. Okay, so the Chiefs lose this weekend. We've got another one saying this. Chiefs going to lose in round 10. Right, here, 2024. Up the minor. It is round 10, by the way, this week. Um, uh, Jason writes, uh, hi, Dan and Izzy. Izzy's not here, Jason, but hey. Don't <laughs> um, worry about it. I'm quite Don't happy to pass Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs will lose against the Brumbies, and the Brumbies will win, win Super Rugby. Steady on, fella. And Glenn writes, hi, Daniel and Kempe. I believe the Blues are the best team in the comp. Um, if all teams play their best, Blues beat Chiefs in final. So Glenn's taking it to a next step. He actually thinks the Chiefs lose in the final. Uh, so keep your thoughts coming through on double eight double three. You can pick up the phone uh, on the Kennard's phone line. Kennard's higher phone line, 0800 Yes, he's got date number two. He obviously did enough last week to impress. But let's go to Jokes by Joe for the latest in headlines. Yeah, time for sports headlines. Thanks to Kenan Tai. Kenan Tai, two easy weekend. Devin Conway scored his fourth consecutive half century in the IPL this morning with the Chennai Super Kings leading them to a win over the Kolkata Knight Riders and placing them top of the table. Uh, back here at home, newspaper has reported that the Blues have missed out on securing the services of former Wallabies coach Dave Rennie for mm. next year's Super Rugby Pacific season. With Leon McDonald expected to join All Blacks coach Scott Robinson's backroom staff, the Blues apparently made a play at Rennie, who is instead being linked with a move to Japanese club Kobe, where former Black Ferns director of rugby Wayne Smith is a mentor. Those are your headlines. Thanks to Ken Antai. Two easy weekend. Two days higher for the price of one. Visit a branch today. And that leads us nicely into our Choices Flooring Poll. Choices Flooring Poll Spaces for Living catalogue sale on now. The question today, boys, is with Dave Rennie reportedly turning down an offer to coach the Blues next season, it got us thinking, which DHL Super Rugby Pacific team's future are you most concerned about post-World Cup? Is it the Blues, Chiefs, Hurricanes, Crusaders? Let us know on double eight, double three. What do you think, boys? Ooh, that's, a, that's actually a really good question. For me, um, it has to be the it's Crusaders. It's an easy one, though. It's an easy one. Yeah, which one? No, 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 no problem with my Canes. Uh, no. The Canes have got a very nice young core. Yeah, I know Adi Savier gets a year off. I get that. I'm not worried about the Crusaders either, mate. Really? I'm worried about the guys down south. Have you have you have you watched the Highlanders, mate? Oh, they yeah. You watched the Highlanders? Yeah. And, and look, look who's leaving them at the end of the year. I'm really worried about the Highlanders, not just for next year, but the next few years. Sorry, Neeps. I know we've got to get to a break. Double eight, double three. Uh, Temper bed post text machine. Uh, Tear up, mate. Your uh, response to the choices flooring poll. Which team do you worry most about of, across the five New Zealand sides? Let us know back after this. It is now 17 minutes away from 8 o'clock. We turn our attention to the National Hockey League, NHL, in the quest for Lord Stanley's Cup. We have seen plenty of action. The NFL playoffs have been nothing short of a scoring orgy. In this morning's game, the Hurricanes, and it's the only time you can actually say Hurricanes, because it's the American language, Hurricanes, are leading uh, the Islanders by five goals to two. That is the 20th 
time. A side has scored four goals or more, and this is just the 25th game in the NHL playoffs. It's extraordinary stuff. We catch up now with uh, Sports Illustrated uh, Maple Leafs reporter David Alter, who joins us in front of the altar. That is uh, the quest for Lord Stanley's Cup. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to be talking hockey with uh, some people from halfway or more than halfway around the world. So this is a thrill for me, too. Thanks so much for that. It's great to have you on board. But seriously, I, I thought the pass was all about good goaltending and defense. Like, did, people, did the memo not get sent out this year? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. We actually started seeing that thread in the beginning of the playoffs last year, too, because it, it seems like... It used to be that nothing was called, no penalties were called. It was going to be a lot tighter in the playoffs. And then the beginning of last year, you started seeing that loosen up a bit in the early round games. And then it doesn't seem to get tighter in terms of the officiating and the defense and all those things that you're talking about until it becomes a elimination game. Like once a team is up (laughs) and they need one more game to kind of go, that's where it just kind of seems to be like the standard of the officiating gets tighter. We saw that with Toronto and Tampa last year here too, where it wasn't until that seventh and deciding game that it really feel like the whistles were in the pockets. Let's talk about that Tampa and uh, Toronto series. It's been bat expletive crazy. Uh, One team wins 7-2 and then the roles are reversed. Um, I think it was 7-2, 7-3. And then they go to overtime yesterday and the Maple Leafs get up. What what a bizarre three game seat you've seen. Yeah, yeah, this has really been strange. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs aren't usually one of these kind of teams where um, they they kind of have you know more physical play and all this other stuff. They added a whole bunch of games and you know they have the offensive ability. But that first game when they lost seven to three and uh, the fans were booing them out of the building and at the end of every period and then the few fans that were left for game three. It was looking pretty bleak. It was strange. Uh, you didn't expect Toronto to have a poor effort. And then you expected a better start, but not in that same way where Toronto would do it just right back to them in these games were decided early. Yesterday was a breath of fresh air because that was a tight game, chess match, back and forth, uh, lead changes. That's what you come to expect, and we finally saw that. But then what you don't expect to see is two superstars get involved in the fight and then uh, a lot of a lot of heated battles even in the stands and stuff too. So it really is playoff hockey now that it's finally got to game three here. But those first two games were very lopsided and uh, really strange for sure. Hey, David, we've got, a, we've got a couple of mad Maple Leaf supporters down here. One of them's talking to you at the moment. He's just, you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be given any hope um, just yet, but... <laughs> Do the, well, ma- do the, do the way, Maple Leafs go on I'm and, and win it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Do the Maple Leafs go on and win it? Yeah, so you know what? I I can't give that kind of prediction. I get asked a lot about this a lot. And, you know, the last two years, I've predicted them to advance. On paper, they have a better team. They have all these things. They're doing the right things. And for one reason or another, it just didn't seem to happen for them. But... For for um, and I, I apologize uh, for for the Leaf uh, fan that's listening right now that I, I can't remember your name, but um, <laughs> what should give you hope this year is the fact that they won a game they don't typically win. 
there's been so many of those games last year where that overtime starts and Toronto's peppering the opposition. Peppering the opposition Don't drink the and then, like David. a weak shot. Yeah, and then a weak shot goes in the other way and they Don't lose do that it, overtime David. game. Stop drinking Pardon? the Kool-Aid, David. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid, mate. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm Daniel, just I'm saying, the, I'm I'm the just least saying that I'm was the, a oh, big difference. I, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm just a much happier person since I, I've been trying to tell Kempi all week. I've just become a much happier person since I, I resolved in my in every fabric of my fight. The Le- Leafs aren't just going to win a series. They most never win it yeah. again. They'll never uh, win no, it again. That's not and, true. And, and, and I, Come yes, on. They, they said that about the Chicago Cubs. They said that about the Chicago Cubs. I won't be here very yeah. long. I won't be here very long. But in my lifetime, I, I'm just resigned to the fact they're not going to win. Yes, they have the talent to do well. Okay, so yes. if I was to, I know you won't make a prediction about them, but could you could you at least, and we've only got about sixty seconds, paint a path to the to the finals itself across both uh, both sides of the bracket, as you guys like to say up in that part of the world. Who, who do you think could be playing for all the marbles? Yeah, you know what? It's tough because I had New Jersey picked in the East going into it. And that's not looking very good right now, although they did kind of get a game back in the series. And I had Edmonton the other way, and I still think Edmonton could actually go on a decent run. They've got the best player in the world, and he's been taking the team on their shoulders. So I still think Edmonton's going to the final. I think Toronto will get past the first round, maybe get to the second, uh, maybe win the second one as well. Uh, but I, I had New Jersey. I'm not sure yet. So now my whole bracket is kind of all over the <laughs> right out the window. It's awesome, though. I, I'm loving it. it. It should be a fascinating few weeks ahead. I, I really do. Thanks, David, for dropping by and being a really good sport. You know, Kimpy just oh, yeah. you know throwing you under the bus there, bringing up my <laughs> beloved uh, Maple Leafs. Thanks so much, David. Keep up the brilliant work. Really, really great to hear your voice. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Brilliant stuff. Um, come on, mate. Come to put- on. I just tried to pick a fight with David. I don't <laughs> think David's ever going to answer our ever ever going to answer our phone again, is he? You know, you know, he was, he was awesome. There's fighting allowed in the NHL, though. I'll be the referee. I'll just go, yeah. right, boys, get over and done with. Hurry up, get in there. <laughs> Gloves down. Ref- referee's no best in that sport. Back away. We only go in and stop the fight when one clearly has a decided advantage. The time-honoured rule. Uh, brilliant stuff. I uh, hope you're enjoying the NHL Plus. Man, it's been action-packed for sure. Uh, this is Daniel and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house fragrance. What are we doing now? I think we're heading to a break. Four minutes away from 8 o'clock. Let's go to the phone lines. Again, our toe phone line, 0800 Good day, Tim. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Very good, thanks, lads. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Do you want to answer our question of the day? Who's going to beat the Chiefs? Well, everyone knows it's going to be the Crusaders this weekend. <laughs> Not a nice little warm-up uh, after our bye last week, you know. Let the let the force run away a little bit and then come back from the depths and put them to the sword. And I think everyone everyone forgets every year, you know. Like, everyone keeps writing us off. Two years in a row, people have written us off. And then uh, you look at what we did to Auckland when they were unstoppable, and especially at home last year. We made them look like schoolboys. I love Crusaders fans, how personally they take things. Uh, Kempi, it's fantastic. Um, so I'd be interested to hear his reaction to this. Tim, do you remember the pants-down telling the Chiefs gave you in round number one of this competition in Christchurch? 100% I do. And do you think the players have forgotten about that? <laughs> That'll be their absolute 100% focus this season is to get that back. Tim, who, who, who coaches your team next year? Because you've lost three coaches. Um... What's the assistant's name? 
Henson? No, he's gone. No, no, I can't remember what his name is. Um, but uh, I, from what I have heard, he's potentially going to be the guy. Um, but look, who knows? You know, rumours are rumours. Yeah. You tend to bring good coaches down there too, uh, Kimpy. They've got a good. So, like, give me your worried a meter. One out of ten. Like one uber confident. We're going to win by forty points. To number ten, you're packing. You, you're packing yourself. The the, the angst a meter is what ahead of this game against the Chiefs. Two and a half. Whoa! Oh, I love it. I love the confidence. That's fantastic. Timmy's on the decks. It's possible, but it's possible. But you know, like as I say, like knowing knowing what our team does and and knowing their focus, um, like they've got so much riding on the season for a lot of reasons. And yet we've started slowly, and we've we've done what we've done the last few years, and and not looked the greatest. But you know, you, it's like when the Chiefs. I was at the game, and we're in a in a uh, corporate area with a whole bunch of Chiefs supporters, and they were all jumping around. And, I sort of had to remind them, you realise that no one's ever won a title in February. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be fun at parties, Tim. I can sense it. I can sense it. Hey, mate, great to hear your voice. Please call back next Monday to either brag or, you know, pay, pay some respect to the Chiefs for bidding you twice. Uh, thanks so much for joining. Uh, and all if, the fun. They really, us, really they, if they beat us, they beat us, and they deserve it, but can't see yeah, it. Yeah, fair Fair, fair. Good on you, it. Tim. Excellent stuff. Can't see it. It had to finish off, though. I love Crusaders fans like that. Brilliant. Excellent. 0800 higher phone line. Brad on the Temper Bedpost text machine writes, there's more chance of Izzy moving like a snail when he returns <laughs> uh, from France. Um, oh, it's just gone off the queue. That's uh, unfortunate. Here it is. There's more chance of Izzy moving like a snail when he returns from France than the Chiefs losing this one. Them's fighting words, Kempe. Oh, uh, yeah, and they fight, you know what? They fight plenty too, yeah. Brad Nizzy. Pretty underwhelming season so far in Super Rugby. Mm. If I you can't, can't get excited for this game, rugby fans, if you can't get excited for this game, you're a joyless bunch, I say. Uh, into the spirit during the week. We're coming up to the top of the hour. It's nearly 8 o'clock. Here's Karen with the news. For Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. We will be back in the next hour. Going to go inside the Mighty Otago Nuggets camp. Basketball on the way. Four and a half minutes after 8 a.m. Monday, 24th of April. Nearly the end of April. Wow. Pretty. Unbelievable. Life is before my eyes. Mm. Oh, Lord. Uh, double eight, double three, the Temper Bed Post text machine, or you can pick up the phone 0800 We had a very confident Chiefs fan, uh, Crusaders fan, and Tim. Uh, <laughs> they, I, they all I, I, are, mate. They, they are, I love even it. Even when they convert they, people like so Joe. They're so easy to poke. Aren't they? They're so easy to poke too, aren't they? Poking the beer. Mm. You, don't, you know, just need to touch them. Yeah. And you can wind them up. I, I need a Chiefs fan to because they got one you eye, mate. You, you, you don't have to aim for two yeah. eyes. You don't have to have two fingers. You just have to have one finger. You just poke <laughs> them in the eye. <laughs> exactly. But I, the show just wouldn't have equilibrium, <laughs> wouldn't have balance to the force if, if we didn't have a Chiefs fan call up to retort, right? No. Two and a half out of ten on the worry scale. <laughs> so that's just basically the middle finger. Oh, yeah. 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 Come on, Chiefs fans. Uh, retort. Paddy writes on double eight double three. Hi, Kempi, on with you. Matty Johns on a show last night said, wing for a few weeks, then straight back to fullback. I think play him at centre. 
like a man, Valentine Holmes, Turbo. The trail match. Yeah, yeah. Like, all like elite formats who plays <laughs> cancers as well as anyone. Thank you very much, Patty. Do appreciate your thoughts. Um, he also added, Chiefs definitely in the worst position. We have lost our head coach, Ford's coach, second in command. And if reports are to be believed, Scott Hansen is out next year too. That's the top three coaches gone in 12 months. Um, uh, the name I'm hearing, gee, this is a novella. Brilliant stuff. Um, hearing down here is Tamadi Allison or Andrew Goodman, both young blokes. Mm. Um, very small head coaching resume. Well, Tamadi Allison's with um, the Wellington Lions, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, the Don't old well Wellington Lions. Very good man, mate. Very sharp man. Um, Morena boys, top game, the Dolphins. A great comeback, Marshy and HB. Yep. And what's realistic for the Finns, the Dolphins? That's an extraordinary comeback. And for them to be in the eight at this stage, they're conceding on average 24 points a game, Kim Pete. I wouldn't are they re- playing above their heads at uh, the moment, or is they are. this who they are? They're, they're, they're a top eight side? I, look, I, I think if you you took into account where they're, fr- where they're from in Redcliffe, which is just mad rugby league support, because um, they don't like the name Dolphins. They like to think of them as the Redcliffe team. Uh, I think they would, it wouldn't surprise me if they do sneak in at the back end. Like that comeback yesterday, that was phenomenal. 26 points down to come back and win 28-26. You'd have to start thinking like that, wouldn't you? Then, indeed, um, uh, and change your thinking, Logan Swinkles of uh, Smithies in Smith's <laughs> morning show, who's texting Go Leafs Go. He's one of those fanciful Leafs fans who still thinks they've got a chance, mate. Come over to the dark side, mate. We're way happier, Logan. We're way happier. We've got a great guest, Kempi, who we got at seven minutes after eight. Yeah, that's right. SENZ's Otago Nuggets, officially the only remaining unbeaten team in the league after beating the Taranaki Ears by 18 points on Saturday night. That's not been that smashing. The big man, Todd Withers, is looking like a true legend MVP candidate again, putting putting up 32 points against the Ears while sinking another seven three-pointers and being supported by an impressive starting unit that includes Kiwi favourite Sam Timmons. And... Uh, Kauea Matafeke me mate Ururua is the Fokotoki that Brent Matahari is using down there. It's got him to the top of the table so far. Morning, Brent. Thanks a lot for joining us. How are you this morning? Oh, morning, Akimpi here. Yeah, doing well, mate. Yeah, feeling good. Mate, can just I I um, I asked uh, Todd last time um, about the Fokotoki that you used uh, as I think uh, as your motivation and lead into the preseason, we're talking about it when we were down there, um, Dunedin, in the chemist warehouse. We did the show down there, me and Izzy. Can you just take us through that um, that saying and what it really means to you, and how you've built that Fakatoki into your team culture? I guess it's um, you know there's a few that roll through that you know that you know don't bow to you know let it be to a lofty mountain and, and so on. Um, and it's about just giving your all and making sure that no matter what you're in the fight. Um, you know, you you're pushing yourself to that limit to for the team and so on. So you're not going to go down just soft. You're just going to get you know go out there and basically give it your all. And you know, if you're going to lose, then make sure you're going down like a hammerhead shark. You know, <laughs> I like all that. The way. I, I I I like that. And a lot of coaches like to embrace these type of things. Players buying into it's a different story, but it seems like your players have and have over a number of years. You you get in the sense everyone's on the same page in 2023. Yeah, yeah, I certainly. I mean, the way they fought in those first two games, um, you know, we had a, we were down, a, I think, against the Jets and against the Sharks at times and what have you, and the, the guys really just, you know, put the work in. Uh, offense wasn't clicking that well, and, um, you know, put the work in on defense and held teams to, you know, 67 and 68, which is phenomenal. 
um, especially with the scoring talent that those two teams had. So, yeah, we, we were, you know, we and I were certainly impressed with their effort um, that they, they put in for those games. So, you know, huge for us. Hey, Brent, it definitely looks like the competition is, is a, a hell of a lot more even this year. What do you make of it so far? Yeah, I think, like, um, you know, obviously my good friend Trent Adam, um, who coaches the years, we're talking, you know, the team's going to change. Um, people are going to come and go. Um, there could be some tall blacks rolling into teams and so on. So early wins are important. Um, we saw how close it was last year with four teams finishing on 10 and 8. Um, so, you know, getting those numbers on the board early is, um, is something that um, will be important come down the stretch. And, you know, we just want to make sure that, you know, yeah, I guess you hold true to what you what you're believe in and so on. So that's about making sure we're working hard you know, week in, week out, and, and basically going into games and, and fighting for every position. And you look at, you know, two historically very successful franchises, collectively 0-6 in the Giants and the Saints. Now, it's not your job to uh, analyse them, but if they're struggling, um, other teams, you know, across the park all had wins. Is it because, what, there's more depth now across New Zealand? Um, you know, just better run organisations, you know, how do you feel as to why we've got this sort of parity and teams really taking, you know, great strides over the last three or four years like, like your franchise has? You know, I guess it's a salary cap, you know, obviously, um, you know, you can't go out and buy all the players. Um, so, you know, obviously teams are having to be, you know, a little bit, um, oh, what's the word, you know, looking for, looking to make sure that they've got the right pieces in place. And, you know, we're so lucky and blessed down here to have a group of locals that are prepared to work hard and, you know, and really honour the game and just work their, work their butts off in the off-season. And, and so that's, uh, you know, that's really, we're really blessed in that situation to have that. And so when, you know, when teams go and, you know, bring in big-name players, um, these guys are ready to step up and, and play against them. And so, you know, we've got some, some young talent that's coming through and, yeah, we hope to keep on pushing them forward so, you know, they move on um, to bigger and better things um, and we're developing them that way. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, the league is that. I think those teams that are at the bottom of the pack um, at the moment are still dangerous. Um, you know, we've got the Giants this week, and you know they they brought in a new player. He played in against the Jets in the weekend, and he looks he looks huge. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and Carvey and Pippen, he's, he's uh, certainly going to be a challenge to um, defend him. Yeah, to see, to try and to try and manage him. But you got the guys there, you know, Todd Withers and, and Sam Timmons, Brent. Uh, obviously mainstays and it sort of surprised me that Todd, you know, he stepped up so easily again this year. But what about your your other two additions? You've got Ja'Cory McLaughlin and Michael Harris there too. How have they all merged together and um, are they enjoying life down there in Dunedin? Yeah, they are. Um, they're enjoying life. Um, obviously, they're in the gym working hard and that's, you know, that's the kind of guys you want um, who are wanting to come here and get better. You know, Harris is obviously, you know, from... The other SEN team, the, the Wildcats over in Perth, and you know he um, he's making sure he's he's trying to step up and get more minutes and so on. And there's things he needs to improve on, and he's working really hard with that. Uh, and Jacory, he wants to get back in the league. You know, he's he has a he has a mindset that he wants to come over here, uh, get good reps, get good minutes, um, and put on you know put on a show here, but also um, with an eye on getting back to the top. So you know when you've got players who have that desire, who want to continue to improve, then, you know, you just, as a coach, you just want to help them along the way and do as much as you can to give them those opportunities. What about uh, the local fan base? You engage them? You, you feel like you're dragging them along with your success? 
Oh, look, they, you know, the, the, the chat around town's really positive. Um, you know, people are flooding in. We've had two games where basically Easter Sunday and, a, you know, another Sunday game, and it's been, um, you know, they've been right in the middle of the holidays. So this week was Thursday night against the Giants, 7 p.m., and, you know, we're hoping that we we fill up the arena. Um, you know, that's that's the goal of the t- of the franchise, to make sure we're, we're in the community and we're making an impact there positively. And uh, I think, you know, people getting along, you know, they're talking about it, and so they're telling their friends, and, yeah, it's increasing and increasing every game. Hey, Brent, everyone's talking about the likes of the, the Withers and the Harrises and the McLaughlins and stuff like that, but what about Brent Matahari? What, what's your future look like? Where do you want to see yourself? What's your aspirations? Oh, look. Um, I'm just loving it. Like, I mean, that's part of the the process. If you focus on anything else, you just, you know, you you're um, you know, you're just looking too far. Um, I'm just happy to, you know, do my the best I possibly can in this environment. And other opportunities come up, then you know, I'll obviously um, have a look at them. Um, but yeah, quite comfortable here and sitting down here in Dunedin, enjoying enjoying my time down here. But you know, you're always open to. Um, what what may be next and so um, yeah I've just got to stick with the process just like you ask your players to do stick with the process and yep. and keep fighting like those urudor you know <laughs> Brent the phone has been calling right I, I, you know what's potentially out there for you you've had a lot of success not only in the first few games of this season but over the last couple of years um, you know you're not going to give us details but do, but do you think you're ready for the next step Oh, I think, you know, any time you get an opportunity to work with people and, you know, continue to work with new people, I think you can influence others. Um, I think you, you have a look at it. Um, so, you know, right now I'm, I'm with the Otago Nuggets and I absolutely love it. And so the guys that I have um, right now are fantastic. And so I'll just keep working hard with them because they're the people that are in front of me. Brent, is there is there any kids down there that you've you're sort of you've earmarked and they've stepped up the shield that we can keep an eye out for a name? Yeah, I mean, you look at Robbie Coleman, who's been with us for a couple of years now. Um, sort of uh, came in as a bit of a development player, and and what have you, is flipping between playing rugby and playing um, playing basketball um, out of King's College in Auckland. And you know, he's really stepped up. He put a lot of work in over the summer, and you know, he's starting for us right now. And he's he he his breakout game's coming. Um, you know, he's super on defence. He's working. He's doing the little things that count in a game. Um, you know, setting great screens. Getting offensive rebounds, um, challenging their, you know, challenging opposition teams' best best players defensively, and you know he can shoot. He's stroking the ball really nice at training. It's just going to come in games, so um, we're waiting for that to happen, and we're giving them the opportunities to do it. Well, Brent, we love, love watching what you're doing at the moment. Of course, your SENZ team uh, as well. I'm pretty sure the boss is pretty happy over there in Australia, knowing that you're at the top of the table, and and uh, I'm pretty sure he's got his eyes set on you for the for the next big step um, going forward. Go well, mate. Uh, big game this Thursday night. I hope you fill the stadium, mate. Like you said, thanks for joining us this morning. Cheers, Kempi. Cheers, Daniel. There you go. Brent. Cheers, Brent. Really do appreciate it. They're in action at home against the Giants next up, as he did mention, as Daniel hurriedly tries to find what day it is. That is in three days' time, so that's on the 27th. Then they've got uh, the Tuatara away and the Bulls away before they take on the, the Saints at home, and then the Tuatara again. Speaking of the Saints and Tuatara, they played last night, Kempe, in Wellington. The Tuatara scored a 103-91 victory based on a 30-8 to eight second quarter. Wow. And on the second quarter, 30 points to eight. They went on a run. Uh, this, yeah, this, absolutely. I was watching that game, and the Saints, I think, were up by about 25-23, flicked over. 
you know, kids get in the way, mm. flicked back, and it was like 51 31. I was like, what? What on earth has happened? They do go like that, though, the Tuatara. They yeah. do get on a run like they did last year in that final series, too, to, to get there to play the Nuggets. Um, that game's next week. I'll probably go to that one up here in, in Auckland and uh, have a look and catch up with Brent um, at the Nuggets. And of course, uh, the Tuatara, it's a good night out here at North Shore's uh, Event Centre. So, um, oh, get, any get basketball it. game's oh, good, man. They, they know go how to, to put an event on. Oh, they have, and they have for years. Absolutely. Marawatu beating Nelson, I think, was the other game yesterday. I think there was a 10-point difference in that one. Mm. Uh, so there you have it, the very latest in the National Basketball League. Mate, that guy is going, he's going places. He is. Really, I, I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to <laughs> try and draw it out of him, you know. like, <laughs> like the, the, obvious, the obvious place he could be heading to is Perth um, yeah. because of the connections. But, you know, he's a very, very good operator, Brent, you know, and a really um, approachable and, and, and good bloke. To talk to you know, so like I think I think it doesn't matter where. Peep, there must be a number of teams that got him earmarked uh, as a future coach. Yeah, indeed, uh, and of course, uh, SCNZ will continue to follow the uh, Sales National Basketball League, and why not? It's terrific competition, really even, really even throughout. Um, and you know, we've seen some great games. It was a triple overtime game, was it last Thursday night? Triple overtime. I Jordan Natai played fifty three minutes. Yeah. In a, 53 minutes in a game. It's, that, that is just absolutely amazing stuff. Uh, brilliant. Um, great to hear. Uh, Brent will continue to follow all uh, of the NBL and the NBA playoffs too. Uh, SCNZ will be right across that over the next few weeks. Uh, what are we doing now? Well, I think we're going to take a break. You are listening to Daniel and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Uh, still to come, we're going to talk... Um, well, the TAB will catch up with uh, Paul Moadi before 9am. Stay with us back after this break. 24 and a half minutes after 8 o'clock. Let's catch up with the TAB. Paul Moadi uh, joins us as uh, we discuss all of the big betting news. A bit live on your favourite uh, sports. Download the TAB app today. Good morning. Happy Monday, Paulie. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, g'day, boys. I hope you had a good weekend. Got a bit of money in your pocket. Well, not yet, but I'm, I'm wondering where do I throw some money on in the Chevron Championship because we've got, what, a three-way tie for the lead and about four or five players just two shots back. That that's I'm smelling trouble there. I might have to avoid that one, but that's a dream one for the organisers. But tell me about your weekend. What what were the big results, um, the big turn-ups? How did your book look uh, at the end of it? Well, I can tell you, that those punters who backed the Dolphins before the game started were probably throwing their tickets away at half-time. Uh, after they went down, that, that was uh, just a shocking first half. But boy, oh boy, um, any Wayne Bennett coach team, I, I guess you just can't write off. And um, they came back and they got out to double feet. They they were paying all sorts of money, and there are a number of punters who jumped on um, at halftime when the when the fins were down. What was it? Twenty? Was it twenty six nil at halftime? Twenty six Punters jumped on at half time and were very well rewarded. They, I, 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 the, the faith that they showed, first of all, in the Dolphins to come back and make a match of it, but then to get up uh, and win was just that's one of the biggest comebacks I've ever seen. That's just how the Titans threw that one away, I'll never know. But yep, it's always, always dangerous when you bet against a Wayne Bennett coach team. So yeah, well done to those punters who jumped on. They, they were rewarded. Very well, Paulie. What about tomorrow night? You got the Warriors um, up against Melbourne. Have we seen any change in the market? 
Uh, Warriors, they're still significant outsiders there. They're $3.70 to beat the Melbourne Storm tomorrow night. The Storm are $1.26. Warriors still 12.5-point underdogs. Um, but that, that hasn't stopped punters. It, we, we can't turn the tap off in terms, in terms of the money that we're seeing coming for the Warriors. Uh, in that head-to-head market, as I said, the Warriors, $3.70. We've taken almost five times as much money on the Warriors at three seventy, and we've taken on the Storm at a dollar twenty-six. So the, the 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 faithful, the the Warriors fans, they are jumping on. They they really don't care what price the Warriors are. They'll take him uh, at anything. In the winning team and margin um, book, we've taken once again. It's very similar. Eighty percent of the turnover is on the Warriors either to win by one to twelve at five dollars, or the Warriors to win by thirteen and over at twelve dollars. It is just it's one. It's almost one way traffic, and it's all for the Warriors. They, they they're just jumping on. They cannot get enough of this team, and that's a huge turnaround from what we saw last season. So um, hats off to Webby. He's done a huge job there, and the fact that RTS will be joining them uh, next season just just it just gives the Warriors just another sort of piece of that puzzle um, to unlock that first premiership win. So, yep, the pundits can't get enough of the Warriors. They love them, and if the Warriors win uh, tomorrow night, uh, there'll be a few uh, big checks hanging heading out the door <laughs> of. Uh, now, Batoni headquarters on Wednesday morning. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> I bet indeed. Paul, um, Super Rugby this weekend got a massive clash between the Chiefs and the Crusaders. It's our can't wait question of the day. When do the Chiefs lose in Super Rugby, if at all? Of course, I'm pretty sure these are teams number one and two on the list to win Super Rugby overall, Super Rugby Pacific overall. What's the early market going to be on this one, you think? Well, yeah. The Chiefs did a bit of a number on the Crusaders earlier this uh, season, uh, but I'm sure the Crusaders will be looking for a wee, wee bit of revenge. Um, I know the boys are currently working on uh, all of the matches for the next round. Uh, look, I think the Chiefs are probably going to be um, around a, a five-point a five favourite, I'd say. Um, don't take my word for it, though. I'm having a look at the yep. outright winner market as we speak, and the Chiefs... Uh, yeah, they're, they're quite warm favourites at 225 to win uh, Super Rugby Pacific this season. The Crusaders on that second line are betting at 325. The Blues at 350. Hurricanes at eight, and then it's double figures for the rest. Brilliant stuff, Paulie. So we look forward to seeing those uh, markets uh, open a little bit later today, I would assume. Thanks so much, my friend. We'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, guys. You have a good Monday. Uh, watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Please gamble responsibly. Leroy. They put money on the Tigers. <laughs> He's, mate, they were just about there too. The, the Tigers were just about there. Maybe it probably would have been a bit on the Dolphins at half time. He would have got played plenty. Incredible, really. In- incredible. I'm just watching it. Um, I'm just back. watching the replay of that game here. I do not know. They were leaking like a sieve. The Dolphin defensive line. I know the tries. I don't know. I got no idea what happened to the to the Titans. They should never have lost that one. It was 26 nil after 27 minutes, Kempe. Unbelievable. They, they come roaring home. The Dolphins. 
And then they're in front with six minutes to go. That's what I find the, the funniest thing about it. it. It wasn't as if they snatched it at the very last. You know, they, they coasted home in the end. Ah, you know, we'll just, yeah, we'll just amble home over the last five or six minutes. We've got this one in the bag. Brilliant stuff. Um, we must depart because it's half past eight. It's time to head to Karen with the news for Kubota. Uh, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. 27 away from 9am, Daniel and Kempe for breakfast right here on SCNZ through till 9 o'clock before Smithy takes over. We will hear from Smithy before we depart at 9, previewing his fine broadcast. Uh, also, um, a bit of an honour for me, do we have to dish out some awards? Our uh, DHL uh, Super Rugby Player of the Week's coming up shortly. <laughs> Who you I got? I have to start thinking about that. Who you got? Oh. <laughs> I'll probably come up with some sort of weird... Not a Highlander. Ten, tenuous link, definitely not a Highlander. Come on, uh, Leaps, what do you reckon? Maybe the, ref, maybe the referee from that game. Maybe the turn referee your mic was... off in a minute, Kimpy, if you keep that attitude <clears> up, <throat> mate. That's, that's nasty. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the Highlanders will feature in this segment uh, that we're about to go to with Joe in just a second. Before I do uh, throw to him, a couple of more text messages um, have come through. Uh, Kimpy, why do the Warriors and Storm not alternate where they play the Anzac Clash? As a league player and ex-serviceman, I'd love to see them Play live here in New Zealand on Anzac Day. Oh, look, Goose, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you that other than, you know, it's a pretty big weekend in Melbourne. Um, so, you know, I'm not just talking rugby league, but also for AFL. And uh, yeah. I, I can only gather that or guess that, that that's the reason why that they go over there and play it there. I, I could tell you it's an Australian competition. <laughs> Let's not forget that. It's an Australian competition. Well, how did I forget that? we that? play in, that, mm. that, that a New Zealand team plays in. And time zones. They want the game kicking off on a Tuesday, for example, not at 5 o'clock Australian time. Right? It's pretty simplistic, isn't it? Two two up. Remember that? You know, yeah. You ever play two up? Oh, never forget that. Never mm. forget that. It's an Australian competition. They'll look after Australia first. And the TV market's pretty... Uh, Important two up. I've never played two up. No, it's the only. Can I, I think I'm. I'm pretty sure it still happens, but it's the only day where it's legally allowed to happen is on Anzac Day, where you know that whole day is about celebration and stuff like that. And you go out the back of a pub and you can play two up, which is two coins on a stick, and you flip it for heads and tails, and you bet on the fall of the of the coins on the ground. Maybe double heads, heads or tails. You know what I mean? Double tails. Okay. They call it two up. Okay. I think we're getting the uh, the Oscar music wind up here. Uh, Christos does right. Morning, boys. You might uh, have to turn the show into a threesome. Hold on. Where are you going with this? <laughs> Costa. Izzy, Izzy's, place might, Izzy, Izzy's place might be in jeopardy. Been good having you on in the morning, Snake, and the Canes to win the whole comp. Whoa, steady on. Christos. Christos, is it? Christos. There's a lot to digest there, my friend. There's no bed big enough for us three. That's <laughs> pretty no. sure. What do they call that? Hell they, no. What is bigger than a super king? <laughs> <laughs> Something that will never be made. It's not humanly possible. I've loved uh, working with this crew for sure. Um, even jokes by Joe. G'day, mate. You've got... Um, Hey, you've got you something for us. Yes, I do. Yeah, I've, good, I've, I've, oh, that's good. I got the poll results. Uh, View Choices Flooring's online magazine with over 100 inspiring pages at choicesflooring.com. The question was, with Dave Rennie reportedly turning down an offer to coach the Blues next season, it got us thinking, which DHL Super Rugby Pacific team's future are you most concerned about post-World Cup? Well, you've had your vote on the app and... 
overwhelmingly, most people think it's the Highlanders. They think they're going to really struggle. Nope, neeps. No, no, I'm sorry. 41% of voters think the Highlanders are going to have it tough post-World Cup. I mean, I don't want to see that future, do you? That's going to be ugly. Uh, Hurricanes, 26%. Blue, 17%. Everyone's really confident in the Chiefs and Crusaders, though. Neeps, do you want to defend your, your, your crew? I'd love to, Daniel. How many All Blacks do you have? Uh, we've got How two. Many you have? We've got two. Uh, no, we've got three. And who are they? We've we got three. Uh, Whanganuku. Got yeah, Smith. Fakatava. Oh, Fakatava, sorry. Fakatava. we got Smith. we got DeGroote. We're losing two of them, but we're keeping yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> And two play so, the same position, right? Yes, yeah, but that's that's so. A, so uh, so you got three the, internationals, two play the same position, and both are leaving. Think of well, all no, the other teams. Hasn't announced his future, has he? No, so he, he hasn't announced it. But but think of all the other teams that are losing more All Blacks than us. We're used to our squad that we've got. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be firing next year on all cylinders. And, you're losing you've more got average what, players. And what have you? What have you the rest then? What do you call the pit down there at the stadium? That's called the zoo, mate. And it's the, the, the place where dreams come true, Kimpy. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, that's why they signed to go there, to play in front of the zoo. Yeah, that's going, Just be so, safe that's going the knowledge. so good this season too. Yeah, be safe in the knowledge. There's no relegation, mate, so you're all right. There's no relegation. So that's the force, eh? The force. They're a real force in Super Rugby. Aren't they? <laughs> Aren't they just? Hearts. <laughs> 21 minutes away from nine. We'll talk more Super Rugby after this very break. Stay with us. Love it. That's all the way out of Dunedin. That's Neeps and his band playing, playing it, banging it up for the Highlanders there, Dan. You know, it's uh, that type of morning when we need a little bit of Dunedin music because Highlanders need everything. It's 8.44 and we're going to go to DHL Super Rugby Pacific, which is live. And Dan, have a listen to it. I told you it was a sort of bowie type. It's definitely got some kiwi flavour in it. Oh, it's real. That's a real Dunedin sound. Absolutely. Isn't it? It's, it's nice. I'll, I'll tell you what I do like, is I do like how you use all in sync. Oh, yeah. So we, we wrote the song in like 2016 when we were 16 years old. So we've been playing the song for like a good eight years now, seven, eight years. So yeah, I, I, this is one of my favourite songs that we've written. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. We're going to talk a little bit of DHL uh, Pacific Rugby here on the weekend. Of course, Dan, you would have seen the scores and we've been talking about it, the Waikato, the Waikato Hamilton Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs got up 50 to, what was that score? That was a thrashing over the 50, draw 17. 17. Yeah. The Crusaders smoked the Rebels, 43-27. The Blues... Uh, Actually, hold there. Hold there, Kempe. They did not. They did not smoke. The Crusaders, that game absolutely reeks of, um, was you it know, late tries, blowout score. Um, the Crusaders were mightily unimpressive. I'm pretty sure the Rebels were leading with like 10 to 15 minutes to go. Yeah, they so um, late, 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 late try sort of blew out that score. So that's a misleading scoreline for sure, and gives me more reason to think the Chiefs beat the Crusaders. And what about the Blues, fifty-five to twenty-one over the Waratahs? The Waratahs resting all their Australian players. Um, I don't know why they rest their Australian players. How, how many have they got? <laughs> One. Well, and enough for Billy Vlandis to want to, to sign them for the NRL, apparently. I, I found that the most laughable story in the Sydney Morning Herald yesterday. Vlandis to de- send league money to buy Aussie rugby stars. Has he watched any of Super Rugby? <laughs> the Australians aren't that very good. No. I would worry about signing your own, Pete. 
You've yeah. got a whole heap of talent in the NRL right now. Uh, yeah, the Waratahs weren't much chop. I, I think what was most telling was that the line of Leon McDonald after the game. Yeah, we, we like we were okay. He, he wasn't all that impressed. We we got the job done. I think was the line he used. You've just put on fifty against a side. You've just got the job done. Yeah, that sort of tells you maybe what they thought of the Waratahs. It was kind of a mess. Um, Super Rugby round. I can't wait for this one uh, for sure. Um, but. The, the, the turn-up for the books, although I tried to tell you, fellas, I tried to tell you, you that the Highlanders would lose to the force. I tried to tell you. And they lost that one 30-17, which is, uh, yeah, it's a tough, tough year. We've got a text in here. Neeps, four ABs, the group, Frizzell, Smith, and Fakatava, And the latest, oh. it's from Mark, and Mark also has followed up with the latest best player this year is a former Wallaby, Jermaine Ainsley, who could now be eligible for the ABs. So maybe this, that will, do we say that four All Blacks and one Aussie? Yeah. yeah, I know he's Cromwell born, and he went over there to get his big break. There's something wrong if if you can be an All Black after being a Wallaby. I, I know he's you're not going to make the All Blacks. You're not going to make the All Blacks. But Frizzell, Frizzell, we forgot about Frizzell. So so let me correct it. Aaron Smith, Fakatava, Fratell, who are all leaving. Yeah, uh, because Friz- Frizzell leaves at the end of this year, doesn't he, Napes? So there you go. You do have oh, another not. All Black. <laughs> but he's don't. also left. No, he announced that <laughs> last year, mate. mate he announced it. Mate, you're sounding like Ryan Garcia, Neeps. You're caving in. It's the seventh round. And you yeah, just yeah, caught one from I'm, the liver. I've just taken a massive body shot, to be honest, fellas. I'm taking a <laughs> knee on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Players of the round for me, I'm going to give it to Caleb Clark. He's uh, run for 192 metres on the weekend and made seven line breaks, which we haven't seen for a while. There's another kid in that side, the blue side, that I've got big wraps on, I reckon, um, he would make a fantastic rugby league player, and that player's name is Zan Sullivan, with that big left boot um, playing at fullback. I think uh, that kid there could possibly go close. You know, I know he's in a New Zealand Māori All Black, but could possibly go to a a full um, cap All Black. But mm, yeah, maybe post this World Cup, he could be in with a shot. I'll go sort of a, you know, typical McCarty sort of kind of half down a rabbit hole. Firstly, I'll say my player of the weekend, um, 1A option, Cortez Ratima, because uh, he appeared on the show and then went out and scored the first try for the Chiefs. A little snipe from the base of the, uh, um, the mall, uh, sorry, the, the breakdown run. and scored a nice try. So kids, um, professional athletes, if you come on the show, good things happen to you, okay? It's fact. <laughs> Cortez Ratima is, is, is Thanks, proof. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for backing that up because yeah. that is true. Yeah. That is yeah. actually true. Uh, but I'm, also, I'm going to give it to Sean Stevenson for going to the top of the try scoring chart now with eight so far this season. Basically finishing off an awesome team move. Uh, Bring Gatlin's cross kick. Uh, I think it was uh, Fennell, the big blindside flanker, charging up that right wing. Lovely inside ball, and Stevenson scores another try. Because Stevenson has got to be in the mix for the All Blacks, mate, the way he is playing. 100%. Mark talia has got to be in the mix for the All Blacks. Um, the way he's playing, Fine Nuku, uh, the way he is playing. Will Jordan, if they can get his head um, you know, back on like Lego Man properly. Yeah. Um, Boda Barrett's in the back. What I'm getting at here, mate, Caleb Clark, is he even in Is he even in a, a final group to, to make the All Black? We're kind of stacked in that area. Yeah, and we've made a call too. Like We, we put in a couple of Smokies uh, the week before as he left, and we put in both Mark Talia and uh, Sean Stevenson. I think if you go to the World Cup, you need to take game breakers. You know, especially to try and get through those early rounds. You don't want to be going and facing France and Ireland and just trying to, you know, show up and play football. You've actually got to go and win it. So you're dead right. But a Caleb Clark at his best, this is what I'm putting, he's 
you know, got back to somewhat of his best on the weekend. If he starts to put those numbers together leading into the beginning of the All Black season, um, he's still got to be in the in the race. But for me at the moment, our current two best wingers in the country are Sean Stevenson and Mark Talia, and, and you name both of them. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoy watching those players mightily. Yeah, for sure. But you're so right about Clark. If he can recreate that form week in, week out, he's an absolute certainty. But, you know, it's a really interesting um, uh, area of the park that, they they love their balance of you know fullbacks, often playing two fullbacks almost in that back three, uh, but game breakers to break uh, open some pretty stifling uh, defences in international rugby are going to be so worth their weight in gold, Kempe. Yeah, uh, interesting stuff. Anything else we need to tick off on that front? No, All that's good? that's about it. This uh, that's a DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Catch the action live on Sky Sport and get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Need to tell you about this. The Netherlands Sifan Hassan, who is a two-time Olympic champion on the track in 5,000 metres and 10,000 metres, had never run a, a marathon in her life until this morning. She's just won the London Marathon wow. on her first attempt. Um, what was remarkable, um, well, that is remarkable in of itself, but she looked like she was going to have to pull out with injury. She actually limped off the course at one stage, Kempe, stretched, saw all her competitors run off into the distance. The BBC's uh, Marathon World Champion commentator, Paula Ratcliffe, was quoted as saying in the commentary, she needs to stop. Somebody needs to give her some advice to step off and stop trying to run on. Well, she did run on. She ran them down on the mile and has won her first ever marathon on her first ever attempt. A stacked field. They're calling it one of the greatest victories uh, in marathon history. Incredible stuff. Ian Smith has never made a mistake in commentary like Paula Ratcliffe um, (laughs) has just done there. Morning, Smithy. Ah, morning, Daniel. Kim P, good morning to you. I, I, I morning, suppose, mate. I suppose, I suppose the cameras stayed on the leaders, did they, uh, during that marathon? Once she limped off the course, the cameras sort of all stayed on the leaders, I guess. What are you, what are you suggesting? A, there's not an outside chance she popped into someone's car <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. That would be brilliant. Or even a scooter. Just get on a scooter. Just jump on this moped. I'll take you up the road. Well, but what about the black cab? Get on one of those black cabs, eh? Just one of those. I mean, they're easy to spot. They don't look alike. But the, but the problem is those drivers, oh, I'm not going down that way. That's not the fastest way to get there. I know, I know a faster way. <laughs> oh, gentlemen. Oh, gentlemen. Brilliant. How was your weekend? Good. Uh, yeah, pretty quiet. Uh, it's a little bit, yeah, very quiet actually. Um, messy tracks for the racing. Don't like the old wet tracks yeah. kicking in. Late scratchings all over the joints. So that was a bit of a disappointment. Um, it wasn't for the Dolphins yesterday. I thought that Dolphins picked me up. What a performance that was, Kempe. My God, Father. Yeah, what did, does he say at halftime there? I don't, I don't know, but he's whatever he said, they've come out and absolutely turned it on Smithy. I, I just think that's the NRL at the moment. You know, mm. like the other one was the Cowboys getting up against the Knights. The game on Thursday night, South versus Penrith, you know, where they're scoring in the last minute and 40. Um, and we've still got two games to go for Anzac. Mm, yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. Big, big time. So, uh, yeah, we'll review that with Vossi, actually, the games that have been. Now uh, we'll talk to Campbell Burns uh, about the rugby that was over the weekend. Talk to um, hopefully catch up with Michael McNabb this time around. Another two big wins at the weekend. Uh, his uh, form is unbelievable. His season is incredible. Um, and um, that's not all. Uh, we'll also be focusing on the live golf as well. Was it golf tournament or was it a party or was it a bit of both? I think it was great. We didn't even talk about that. We'll touch on that tomorrow.
No doubt. Cool. Doing, doing a shoey. Cam Smith. I saw that next to the DJ. Yeah. Times have changed. Yeah. You know, at least you, at least you guys got to do your shoeys in your clubhouse away from the camera. Race, they they weren't shoes. <laughs> 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 have a great show, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, Smithy. Hey, thanks, Kempe. Yeah. Thanks, Neeps. Thanks, um, you know, Jokes by Joe. It's been a real treat uh, yeah, being with thank, you over the last week or so. Thank you, Dan. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, mate. I can't wait till we sit down again and do it another time go around. Uh, you've been fantastic from all the boys up here. Thanks a lot. My uh, absolute uh, treat. Sorry, Izzy, I've raised the bar so high, mate. Something <laughs> like that.